Today is Wednesday, April 26th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Woo! Oh boy, it's a killer one today. Alright, so are there such things as stupid questions? You will hear some shortly. Uh, Christian nationalism versus Sharia law. Somebody thinks they are exactly the same. Um, stay tuned for that. Uh, can you say the R word? Um, retarded. Can you say the word retarded in any context? Mocking, ridicule, as metal, medical terminology, someone is, yeah, you know, mentally or developmentally retarded. Is it okay? Um, where should the line be? Does it fall to intent? Are there some words we can't say? If there's some words we can't say, but we say them, and they get overruled, and then we can't say them, then people with malicious intent just pick the new word. So eventually we can't speak. So somewhere between respectful dialogue and freedom of speech versus, you know, not wanting to step on people's toes and wanting to have a decent amount of respect just because you're a decent human being, um, we have to have freedom to talk. Um, and then, goodness, it's like an hour and a half of transgender issues. Um, case study, use this podcast. Um, <clears throat> the only dog I have in this fight of transgender, transgender issues and what the Bible has to say about it is Christians, as you will hear, constantly... They just don't understand. And I'm not saying I am all things transgender understanding, but I've had a lot of conversations. So, I mean, I guess I, I get the point of view typically trans, uh, shared to me by transgender people asking questions about, you know, God and the Bible, about transgenderism. So, um, it's just because I've been there, done that. Uh, but Christians, if we want to speak about transgender issues, we need to at least know what the Bible says about it. Surprisingly, not very much. Um, so, no matter, I mean, you'll just see it. Christians come up and they're like, the Bible says men shouldn't wear women's clothing. Great. They're going to tell you it doesn't apply. That's going to fall on deaf ears. Find out why. And, you know, then they'll talk about homosexuality is a sin. They're like, great. That has nothing to do with who I have sex with. What if I'm celibate? So there's just lots of, of things Christians get wrong when trying to talk about transgender issues. And we're going to try to work through some of that today so we can effectively tell people what the Bible's uh, stance on transgender issues are. Um, all right, wonderful. <laughs> no controversial topics there. So check out the Ask a Christian book, um, which gets into a little bit of this, um, on Amazon and how to do it without starting World War III. Um, and check out the Ask a Christian store. The link is in the description to buy merchandise to facilitate conversations in a civil way about Christianity and explain the hope you have and why you have it. Jesus. And then you can also just straight up donate to this podcast and keep us going and show your support for trying to have civil discussions and bring the gospel to people of the internet. So take care. Enjoy. All the links are in the description. Description. I'm talking too fast. I'm like the Micro Machines guy. Please share these links and the podcast with uh, friends and family and especially people you don't like and make them listen to this. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Enjoy. Take care. Bye. But there are no such thing as stupid questions, right? Nah, I, I used to, you know, I may have agreed with that, like, when I first heard it when I was, like, five. No, there are stupid questions. Well, there's also leading questions. It's like you put your conclusion into the question, and then you have no choice but to answer it with the conclusion they've already drawn within the question. That's called a loaded question. Good morning, everybody. Hey, I was Good just going to ask, Michael, what logical fallacy is that called? <laughs> answer my question without even me asking. Yeah, it's called loaded question. Yeah, it's interesting. I used to I used to think the same thing that there weren't any stupid questions. Uh, I learned otherwise, <laughs> but I also think it's important to. I think sometimes, um, depending on like let let's take spaces like this, right? 
there are people with varying degrees of knowledge and you never, you know, you're never quite sure of, you know, who's listening or when I say who's listening, what the, what the knowledge level is of the people that are listening. And I think sometimes there are people that don't ask questions because they don't want to look stupid. And so I, I, I still err on the side of it's better to ask the question. Um, and hopefully you'll experience a degree of charity from whoever, you know, to whomever is listening. And they'll find a, even if it is a cataclysmically stupid question, um, that they'll find some, some grace in, in, in answering you in a way that doesn't make you feel stupid. Or, uh, like, there are no stupid questions, only stupid people. (laughs) And, and, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I have encountered my fair of, you know, people, it's like, um, uh, anybody see the movie, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I um, love that movie. Yeah, really funny. It's, you know, at one point, the, what the George Clooney's character says, you know, you're, you're, you're dumb as a bag of hammers. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that has become, that's become one of my favorite um, pejoratives to, to chuck out at times. Um, just because, yeah, there, there are some people you come across. It's like, I, you know, and when I'm feeling much less charitable, which does happen sometimes, um, I've, uh, I have been known to use the term oxygen thief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, but then I, I, I try to control myself. I try to control myself. Anyway, I had a, uh, I had a, a Bible question because I'd like for you to Isn't try to help me question? reckon. Um, no, no, it is, uh, and, and I, it is important to look at the context. So I've already, I've already reviewed the context of the, of the two Bible verses. They appear to me to be a direct contradiction. So, uh, the first one is, uh, in Matthew where it says, uh, God is not the author of confusion. Uh, and then the second one is in Genesis 11, where God comes down and confuses the languages of people. Tower oh of Babel. Oh my story. goodness! So really? what's interesting? So, so what's stupid. In- Sorry. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> so so what's interesting about that is in uh, in the in the verse in uh, in Matthew it talks about uh, basically the way and this is the attempted this is the this is my perceived reconciliation that will be offered. Um, so let me see if I can let me see if I can totally straw in your position. Uh, since Chris talked about fallacies, let's see if we can use them all in one in one uh, fell swoop. Um, in in the the verse in Matthew, it talks about uh, basically the the context is basically God doesn't author confusion, so if you don't get it, it's kind of your fault to put out to paraphrase it. Uh, in Genesis eleven, it's talking about how you know the people are like, oh, you know, let's build a tower up to heaven. And then God looks down and sees that and says, you know, if, uh, you know, we, we got to stop these people because if, you know, if they're allowed to do this, then anything will, then anything will be possible, I think is the, the, the words that are used. So then God comes down and confuses their language so they won't understand each other. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, my first thought is, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Chris, remember the UHF movie where the guy's like, you're so stupid. That's what I was thinking of. That's my son's favorite. Not directed at you, Michael, but oh my gosh, that movie is hilarious. Anyways, uh, so one more thing about the stupid questions. Also, besides the question is the questioner, not that they're a stupid person always, but it's their intent, right? So like if they ask a question that, which kind of gets to what you were talking about, Michael, 
Um, I would say, yeah, intent behind the question, too, uh, could be whether or not it makes it a stupid question. Anyways, Michael, so um, I'm sure it sounded like Lou maybe wanted to speak, and I'm sure Chris has a super holy answer. I'll just say, like, this this doesn't give me trouble. Like, whenever I read God is not, not the author of confusion, you look at the context. This is like, you know, I, I think it's around the part where it talks about, you know, God's not giving you a, a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I think it's like vaguely somewhere, like a few pages away from that. I could be wrong, but regardless, the point still stands. So like, I look at it in the spiritual context, like, you know, whenever we see like Unitarians and oneness people and Trinitarian people or Christians, um, wh whenever we whenever we see all of us and it's like people are so confused about very basic, what I believe are very simple, straightforward doctrines, um, you know, in Christianity. Um, God's not the author of confusion. That's why you've got like almost like 2 billion Christians agreeing on the very, very simple salvation type issues. And then you only have a few people that still call themselves Christians that, uh, you know, like a small percentage of that, that, that seems to, to go awry because, you know, God is not the author of confusion because everyone gets it. There's only very few people that manage to still mess it up. Um, anyway, and then whenever you look at the Tower of Babel, Babel, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it talks about he scrambles their language. And there's also other places. Like, you know, he um, – I, I had a minute ago. But, yeah, there's other spots where it clearly talks about, you know, he'll confound the wisdom of the wise. And, um, you know, where John, where they ask Jesus why he speaks basically in riddles, um, in parables, you could, you could sort of say that's confusing. So it doesn't mean there's a contradiction. It just means, you know, context is key. Um, so, Chris, would you like to give a Bible answer now? Well, I'm just so where in Matthew does it say that? I, I know in First Corinthians 14 it talks about that. I'm not sure in Matthew where it talks about. That. No, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. It's Corinthians. I totally muffed that. Okay, so so in the context of First Corinthians 14, it's talking about God is not the author of confusion within the confines of the church service. Okay, and but God is clearly the author of confusion for other things. So you're right. He's the author of confusion at the Tower of Babel. He is the author of confusion, just as Nate pointed out, with parables, so that people will not believe. Um, he specifically confuses people and darkens their understanding on purpose. And in Corinthians, right, it was also the, the greater context is because people were, like, trying to get out of order. And there's, like, you know, people giving, like, multiple messages in tongues. And, like, like it was it was becoming a jumble. And so that that would be, like, the greater context, too, right, Chris? Like... I was like, no, no, look, this is orderly. There should be no more than like this done. There should be more, no more of this thing done. Like God's not the author of confusion. So uh, yeah, that would be the greater context to keep the church service from coming into like a, a circus or being like, you know, 16 hours long because That's everyone's it. like, oh, you have a message in tongues. No, no, I have a better message in tongues. It's like, guys, this is not, not no, no. That's interesting because if you look at, because if you, so if you want a broader context, right? Um, first Corinthians is also where it talks about love be you know, that, you know, uh, love is kind and patient. Right. Um, and if you link that to first John, where it, where, where it says that God is love. Right. So, if, so if we look at first John four, which says God is love. And then if we look at in, in broader context, first Corinthians, where it gives a biblical definition of love being kind, patient, et cetera. Right. You know, that, that verse, we've all heard at weddings a million times. Um, then my thought, and again, godless heathen talking, um, it doesn't sound very loving or kind to one, to you know, to to quote unquote be the you know, as Chris said, I'll use I'll use his words, I'll damn him to hell, um, to be the author of confusion, 
right? Um, and to do things like confound languages or to have, you know, to, in, in the person of Jesus, speak in parables so that people won't understand. That doesn't seem very kind. However, um, today, God is only today's... loving to his people. <laughs> um, to... I, I didn't deserve the belly laugh at God. I was, I was thinking, if I, if I say any, if I think say anything conciliatory, he's just going to say I'm a Calvinist again. So I'll just let that one lie. Um, <clears throat> too late, I stepped in it. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, well, yeah, today, like I, you know, I've I've already read like my share of posts of how like atheists are going to give God a piece of their mind if he exists, and uh, you know, God's going to have to grovel and beg their forgiveness because I don't know they were poor or something. Um, Anyway, so, you know, what you say, Michael, I get your point, but that means all your premise have to be true. So what if there were, and again, like there's plenty of arguments that I'm sure everyone's going to give you, but just to take your point and run with it, um, what if just one premise was false? Like, you know, you meet God and he's like, oh, here's actually the reason. You're like, wow, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. I got you all wrong. Um, anyway, just, you know, in the interest of, yeah, we yeah. don't know everything. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, and I accept that. That I mean, and that's, and and that's a very you know that's a that's a charitable way of 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 looking at it for sure. And and I accept that you know like saying the like saying the things that I said before somewhat begs the question. Throw in another logical fallacy this morning, Chris. Um, that you know that 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 it's act that you're assuming the the truth right of the statements right. So, and that's why, and that's why it's it's both hard and important. To try to do as close to this is what I this is what I try to do, and I've I've actually had people tell me that I can't do it because I'm not a Christian, um, but I try to do you know what's known as and you you know what this is an, an internal critique right the problem the the problem that I've come across is that there are, there are some who have said that you can't do an internal critique unless you accept the truth of what it is you're saying which I think on the face of it is bollocks but um, you know because you somebody said that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, more actually more than one. Um, so it, it because it it doesn't allow for. Um, I don't think it allows for as close to objectivity as we have the capacity to to get. Um, but then Nate, you just said sorry to change track just a little bit. You said something very interesting. Um, I when I'm when I'm particularly full of my more um, virulent atheist fervor. There are times when, when I would agree with the statement, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I do go to, you know, if I, if I do get to, you know, die and turn out this whole Christianity thing is true, then I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to give God a serious finger waving. And while, while I would like to, it's the best way to put this. I've I've always been able to be um I've always been able to act away in a in a way, at least while alive, uh that it you know, to have the courage of my convictions. Right. So if so if someone says something that I, you know, that I disagree with, regardless of the regardless of the setting, uh, especially if it's particularly the egregious, I will stand up, I will speak out, I will say something, I will do something. But I think that it you have to you have to I think that I would say that if everything that that you guys believe is true is actually true, then I'm 
probably just going to stand there soiling myself scared right in you know in in the presence of in, you know in the presence of this god i would hope that i would have the courage of my convictions um but i don't but i i'm i guess probably most fair to say you don't know how you'll react to something until you're actually faced with it but i agree with but, that. but to say that well, you know, I'm going to, you know, God's going to have, I, like, I've, I've heard somebody say, you know, God's going to have some splaining to do, right? Um, and standing here now, yes, I think the same thing. Given the reality of that, of, of the potential reality of that situation, who knows? Yeah, and I mean, I, I fully expect, uh, you know, or my belief, for all these people, you know, who have a bone to pick with God, you know, if he exists in their estimation— they're going to immediately realize that they've just been wrong and they've had a gross misunderstanding through whatever reason that's not God's fault. And uh, they're like, oh, crap. Oops. Um, I don't think anyone's really going to be like, um, I don't know, seeing that they were right in their accusations against God, uh, that they also espouse probably doesn't exist. But that's just my humble suspicion. Yeah, and I guess the only, <clears throat> I guess my only thought would be that if if it is the case that uh, you know that what the Bible says is true, then my hope would be like um, I think it was uh, Bertrand Russell when he was asked, you know, it's like, well, you know, if you're uh, if you're if you're standing there, you know, you're dead in your face with God, um, you know, what would be your what would be your reasoning that you gave him? And he said. Uh, he somewhat famously said, um, he said, I would, I would look at God and say, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, my Lord, but you did not give me enough evidence. Uh, you know, I would, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Lou, are you speaking? Oh, Lou's off the stage. Well, Chris, it falls to you to wrap this up. The room? Are we quitting? No. This, I, I don't know. I'm trying to say speak, Chris. Oh. I'm trying I, to have fun and creative ways to call up on you. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're, I like the new Calvinism. Um, oh, my but, Lord. Uh, <laughs> no, I think Michael is right. I think that, um, you know, and, and, and Michael, you can record that um, and hang on to it. So I, I think that, we will not know how we respond until we're in a particular situation. And I think that part of like Bertrand Russell's thing was, was kind of hubris, right? Like, you know, he, he was, he was trying to cover maybe his, his bases and say, well, you know, I would have needed more, you know, evidence. And I think that, you know, what the God of the Bible would say is, man, I don't know. I left you all these people and I left you this church full of imperfect people, but people nonetheless. And I left you this, this book and, you know, all these other evidences. What else did you want? And the answer is going to be something, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, something along the lines of personal evidence or evidence personalized to the person. Would that be more? Well, yeah, and it's funny, you know, because it's funny that you say that because, uh, and I did record you saying that I'm right. Um, but one of the things that I find interesting is, <laughs> Is when when it gets broken down to the lowest common denominator. When I because I I spend so much time talking to people that disagree with me. It almost always 
almost always, when you break it down to the lowest common denominator, comes down to – and this includes people like Matt Slick um, that, have, that when I've spoken to him – comes down to personal experience. Matt Slick will – like if you ask him, he will tell you. Uh, about his his conversion, not only about his conversion story, but he'll also tell you about the the the, the terrible story about when his child died, um, and you know, and the 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 feelings that he had surrounding that, and that has always been, you know, again, almost always been the case. And so, what I guess, you know, if if I put on my, you know, uh, what I call it before, Nate, my my hat of charitability plus five, if if if, if I put that on then my hope would be that that this type of um revelation for lack of a better term will be made available to me as well right because i think i think chris, i think chris you would agree with the only way and and i'm sure calvinist nate would say this as well the only way that i'm going to know is if god wants me to know Right. So that's what, you know, so like, like that's, that's where I see so many of the stories go when it comes to talking to believers. I would not say that. Um, I I would say, I would say the only way, you know, is sure if God wants you to know, but if God wants you to know, it's because you already all on your own would decide that you want to know. Therefore, um, if God doesn't want you to know, it's because you've also decided that you don't want to know. So God also uh, decides you don't want to know for you. So basically, the the way Nate sees this Yay, is there, there's 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 no way there's no way out of it. So it's like you know, I mean, you know, Chris may sit on his throne from on high <laughs> and say uh, you know say something like, "Oh, you don't need to do anything. Like if God wants you to know, you're going to know, and you're not going to have any choice." Um, you know, Nate would say, um, being charitable to Chris, that uh, it's one and the same. Like right now, if you can be like, oh, okay, I will choose to, you know, read this Bible with new fresh eyes. I will, you know, pray, do, you know, this prescription thing all over again. Um, you know, I will try to get all of my previous angst about Christians and crummy Christians and Christianity and, you know, he who shall not be named. Um, I'll, I'll try to like reset as if I am looking at this with fresh new eyeballs. Um, and then if you're one of the people, because you've decided either now or, you know, in times past that, Today is your day, and you're going to, you know, um, you're going to call on this name of Jesus and ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Um, well, then, great. God would have also decided that for you. So there's ultimately there's no way to to blame God or put the burden on God because it's one and the same. Like whatever you decide is sure you can say it's what God decided, but it's also because you've decided exactly the same thing. It's interesting. I've never this PTR is just I I can't concentrate when you do. Stuff like that, Chris. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've never met some. Um, I've never met someone who didn't want to know what the truth is. I, I don't even know what it means to not. Have you met Bob? To... Have you met baptized? Well, well, so okay, but and and okay, so I'll 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 I'll, I'll flush out what it is that I mean. Um, I don't know that I've ever met anyone who doesn't want to know what the truth is, but. Um, I've met lots of people that are still convinced that they know what the truth is, right? And I think that there's a, I think that there's a, there's a difference in the, in the nuance of, of, of those, of those two statements. So 
there are lots of people like you can meet like someone like Abba, right? Who's, you know, our, you know, our friendly neighborhood rabbi, right? Um, I, incredibly gentle man, super crazy smart. Um, and I would hazard a guess, thoroughly convinced that he is correct and is, and is, you know, has deciphered uh, the truth. I've also experienced the same thing from Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, <clears throat> Calvinists, um, etc., right? And the, I, th I think one reality that, that, that has to stare us in the face is that given, the, given some of the irreconcilable differences with, you know, with, with, that, with that range of people who are convinced they have the truth, that they cannot, that it's not even possible for all of them to be right. Um, and, and at best, and I'm cribbing a line from Christopher Hitchens here during one of his discussions, at best, at best, one of them can be right. But given the differences and the spectrum and the irreconcilability of some of these, these various claims, it seems to me more likely that none of them are. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I may uh, agree with Hitchens to a point, peace be upon him, but uh, like I fully expect most Christians, um, you know, if we even care, we may never know because we may never care. Like one day, you know, heaven turns out to be real. God, just the way the Christians thought um, is real, is true. Right. Sweet. Secondary doctrine. Don't care. We're here now. Let's move forward. But <clears throat> if we do have time, I don't know. To be like, hey, what about these secondary doctrines? I fully expect most Christians, probably all, I mean, all Christians, all the people in heaven are going to be wrong about some doctrine or another. Like, but I think the ones that, you know, follow the Bible, follow Christ, get the, the big issues right, um, they're all going to be correct on that. That's why they're in heaven. But yeah, it, does, it doesn't mean like, you know, I'm going to be wrong about some stuff. Calvinist Chris is going to be wrong about a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> Less than but, you. But, you know. <laughs> but but you know what if i'm in heaven doesn't even matter um but still no but Correct. um but uh anyways so yeah i, I no christian's gonna have a hundred percent of these finer doctrines uh nailed down but we don't need to that's not the point uh you know the whole point is the death or resurrection of christ uh you know the big salvation issues um but then yeah they're yeah so i'd say that i can agree with them to a point but the points i agree are inconsequential and it doesn't matter um, because the things Jesus says you must believe, well, all the people in heaven believe that. Um, and to your other point, yeah, about like the people who, who, yeah, like if, if everyone just knew the truth, like the truth, they couldn't hide from it. They couldn't brainwash themselves, whatever. It was just like in front of them. Then I think, I mean, in the interest of never saying never, maybe there's someone's like, I don't want to know that. And they try to brainwash themselves anyway. But most of us would be like, oh, I'm really glad I know that now, especially before they have a chance to get dug into like a wrong position. Because then it takes pride out of the equation. Like they, they feel like they're beholden to a, a silly point um, now that they know the truth. So some of them stick to it anyways once they've been proven wrong, um, just out of pride. But before they get to that point, I think most people would be like, oh, I'm really glad I know that. I'm so glad I know what truth is now. But once they have time to dig in their own positions, then it's like they become beholden to this. And they tell themselves whatever they need to to make their point fit as truth, um, even though I think deep down they probably know like, Nope, but I don't want to look like a fool, or I can't give this I can't give this guy uh, you know any any whatever. So I'm I'm just gonna stick to this point that I now believe is wrong, and uh, 
yeah, I'm just gonna ride this horse till I die. I'm struggling to try to find, and then I'll set up for a while. I promise. I'm I'm struggling to try to find in my in my head people that I people that I know like that. Um, and I'm stick around here. <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm having to, and I'm having trouble right now. <clears throat> that are, you know, there yeah, there are personalities that you run into that are, and I think you're right to a certain extent that there are personalities that will be like, you know, nope, you know, this is, you know, I this is the sword I will throw myself on. Uh, truth be damned. Um, I, I think there are people like that. I, I, I can't say that I've encountered anyone like that. Um, well, haven't you ever seen them like, okay. in, the middle of, like, in the middle of like a, a debate or something like where, you know, someone just like owns someone like a religious debate or something like that so hard. Everyone in the crowd like groans or cheers and like it, it's so obvious. But and the only person in the room still being like, no, 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 you're wrong because and like everyone in the crowd's like, oh, my gosh, just give it up. Like you've totally been shown and now you're just obstinate. Like the truth is here. And like you've never seen that. Well, unfor- unfortunately, um, the the only instances that where I've seen something like that where is when is when it's been the believer who's been shown that they're incorrect. Um, but equal opportunity. Sure. Yeah. But. But I, I think that I guess my, I don't know, maybe I don't know, maybe you're right about that. But it's, I, I guess to me, it just. Hey, seemed, let me record that. It, yeah, me, no, no problem. Like, it, right. it, it just seems, it, it seems to me so, on the face of it, like because you can, because so, right, I can lie to you, you can lie to me, right? We can all lie to each other. Chris lies to everybody, and and so, but at the end of the night, right? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> At the end of the night, I'm just, I'm having fun this morning. At the end of the night, when you're standing in front of the mirror and you're finishing your teeth, you can't lie to yourself, right? There, like, I don't, I don't, it's not, I don't, I think you can, unless you have some kind of serious, serious mental health issue, you can't lie to yourself, right? You know whether or not you worked as hard as you could that day, whether you did everything, you know, that you could have done, you know, or, you know, did you, did you work as hard as you could to finish that project? Yes, I did. And then you're like, yeah, I, I probably could have done better. Um, but you can't lie to yourself, right? So it, it, it seems to me just so blatantly like, 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 why would you want to do that? Like, like why bother getting out of bed in the morning if you're not even going to be honest with, like honest with yourself? Um, it just, it just kind of makes me, just kind of makes me shake my head, but uh, maybe that's enough. I mean, well, there are people who, there are people who live the lie and then there's people who have deceived themselves. So they believe it's true. Like they would, they would never say they're lying to themselves. I mean. Some people, may, maybe, just to never say never, but most people, again, most everyone, w- would would really believe what they say they believe. They, they've just, you know, um, they've put so many walls up of, like, basically deluding themselves that they really believe the stuff they're saying. Uh, but hang on, Veritas has been a perp for a long time. I just wanted to see if they had anything to say. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I would just say the fact that you have... The thought in your head means you have an opportunity to investigate it. So, you know, whatever is important to you, if you if money's important, you're going to work, you know, between 40 and 60 hours a week. If if the afterlife is important to you, then, you know, you might take one day off or take one day a, a week. So, in other words, you know, eight hours, 12 hours, whatever. <clears throat> and actually read the Bible, read the Bible for yourself and, uh, you know, go off of what other people say. But I mean, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is the fact that you're thinking about it means you have free will opportunity 
um, from that point on. So it's not like you're you're not predetermined to go to hell. The fact that you're thinking about God and you're on a platform like this um, about Christianity is, is proof evident that there's something to it. You know, atheists and agnostics on on Clubhouse don't waste freaking 50 hours a week thinking that there's no that there's nothing to it. You know, that would make them, uh, you know, fill in the blank. So out of their mind. It's interesting. And, and a really Charity, and a really Charity. bad really bad hobby. Charity hat plus three. It, it, yeah, it, it's interesting, right? Because I mean I spend what my wife would call a disproportionate amount of time doing that very thing, right? Um, you know, talking to you know, talking to people that I disagree. Now I also spend a good amount of time talking to people that I do agree with. For example, tonight, uh joining us on the Canadian Atheist is Dr. Daryl Ray, um, who's the president and founder of the Recovering from Religion Foundation. And author uh, of the book The God Virus. So yeah, there's that. But in, anyway, enough. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get that point. But okay, so I'll give you the exact parallel opposite. Uh, Christians do not go around studying and talking all day long about the flying spaghetti monster, which does not exist. But atheists view the Christian God as such, and they spend 40, 50, 60 hours every single week, which is just mind-blowing, you know, on the topic. And so that's, I mean, that's a literal, real analogy. We spend like one minute every year mentioning this example, you know, flying spaghetti monster. We don't care. We're Christians. And yet, you know, the, the agnostic or atheist, there's, they're not atheists. They're really agnostic. Uh, your microphone just, keeps going uh, in and out. Is there a way to, to stabilize that or, or fix it? like we hear you and then it gets really faint and then we kind of hear you again and then it gets really faint. We heard everything you're saying. It's just kind of hard to follow. Oh, okay, no it's problem. Like teleport, teleportation back and forth between. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, but uh, no, okay, so um, superpower. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would say uh, I'm not an agnostic, I'm an atheist. Um, but which is which is fine. We can talk about what the those different uh, how people use that word uh, if you if you want. But I think the reason so the reason why I don't spend any time like yes, I would stand alongside you, and and rightly but kindly ridicule pastafarians because i think it's gobsmackingly silly to do such a thing right to to want to fight for the right to wear a colander on your head for your driver's license photo um <laughs> i i i think i like find a better use of your time however the difference between something like uh flying spaghetti monster or I don't know, pick another, you know, uh, pick another equally silly, but somehow, you know, socially pervasive uh, belief. The differences between those is that with with some and let, let's let's set aside Christianity for a moment so that um, so that everybody's guard comes down a little bit. Um, but let's look at Islam, right? Um, Islam is probably, again, to. to Criminal the line from Christopher Hitchens, probably the most pervasive and dangerous religious ideology on the planet today. Um, I, I think even more so than the branches of Christianity, uh, mostly because they, uh, you know, they, they believe it's their mandate to have everyone, you know, come to this come to this belief, and be prepared to live under uh, Sharia. Um, and I've I've heard Muslim apologists talk about this kind of stuff, and I think it's actually there's passages in the Quran that talk about this. 
that you try to do, you know, you basically say, you know, either you have to be prepared to, uh, you know, live, live under our law, you know, or, you know, or, or, or jihad, right. Um, you know, taking the most, the, the most violent form. And so. Right. Okay. So the, types- so the argument with Christianity is Christianity is either Christianity or everything else. So if it's not, if you're non-Christianity, it falls in, you know, Catholicism, uh, Islam, all, everything that falls outside of New Testament Christianity is non-Christianity. So, you know, whether it's secular humanism or it's atheism or it's, you know, Hitler's mindset, all of it is non-Christianity because Christ thought to love your enemy and to uh, lay down your life and to give food and to do everything for um, for your enemy and for your friends and, to, you know, to love your neighbors yourself. So everything else is non-Christianity. And so the problem is <clears throat> you're comparing these religions that hijack parts of the Bible and they actually do have like 90% of the Bible, Bible's good teachings accurate, and their denomination is what is where the fallacy comes in. So there is no denominations. Like all these, all the all the Calvinists and everyone, all these different denominations, they're the ones that create this um, faction and they actually put a stumbling block to uh, atheists. And I think it's horrible. You know, the fact that you think you what the fact that you're asking if you have free will or not is, is proof. You have free will just right there alone. So it, it's what you do with your opportunity of time um, is where it matters. You know, what, what matters to you? So uh, I'm, uh, you're kind of all over the place there. Um, so uh, I'd love for you to, if possible, can you, can you point out, because you said, you know, that's the, that's the fallacy. Can you tell me what, which one, which one I employed? On which well, yeah, because well, you started it off with what you said. Well, let's let's exclude the Christian God, and I simply said that everything that's non-Christianity um, is is exactly that. Whether you you mention um, spe- specifics about Islam or atheism or you know evolutionary mindset, and you know why people may or may not kill each other for survival of the fittest, etc. Right? It's all the same category, and then I compared it. Was saying Jesus did preach the opposite to love your enemy and help you know one another. So okay, what can can you tell me? Can can you help? Um, I want to make sure that you you understand where I was coming from. Can you can you can you steel man my position? Can you tell me why it was I excluded Christianity from my critique? Okay, so so here here's the steel man. Jesus. Okay, since the Bible is true and Jesus, God is Jesus, Trinity is real then eternal life, every all the claims are real, then the afterlife is the most important thing, and God wants to make sure that everybody has that opportunity to go to heaven. Therefore, the last thing you would ever want to do is kill somebody, because if they don't believe your religion and you kill them, you purposely sent <clears throat> excuse me, you purposely sent them to hell, right? You purposely sent them, sent them to a place that you want them, uh, you're supposed to want them to go to heaven, right? So if, if you knowingly know they don't believe in your religion and you kill them, you take their life, right? You know they're not going to that place. <clears throat> so our religion that, uh, you know, pushes death, right? The Bible says that those that love death hate God. So Christian New Testament Christianity is, is, is the exact opposite. We'll go out of our way, and sometimes people even lay down their lives, like missionaries, right? It's rare. But, you know, missionaries will, will die for, their peop- for the people that are trying to witness to and hate them. 
So it's the exact opposite message. So the, does that make sense? Um, not in the slightest. He can, can I chime in, oh, Michael? I think, yeah, I, I think he tried to steal man his position. I think Michael was asking if you could steal man his, like why he, I mean, he said it. He said, you know, to put all the Christians guard down. Everyone's a believer. He could, uh, uh tell. Well, well, I, I just want to chime in as a Christian. I just want to chime in about the, the spaghetti monster thing. Just this one point you mentioned. Yeah. The, the, the obvious difference between the, the spaghetti monster and uh, what Michael does is that there is, there aren't anybody on the, on the face of the thing I'm aware of that is, that is a believer in the spaghetti monster. If there was, if there were millions and millions of people who are believers in the spaghetti monster, I think there would be people on Clubhouse trying to attack, you know, the existence of the spaghetti monster. But because there are no such people, it's not like an issue. But the reason I think Michael can, you know, the reason why there are people who are atheists, they don't believe in God. And so they, they, if they believe that I'm wrong, and I understand, I understand an atheist believing that I'm mistaken, I'm deluded. I, I understand that. It makes sense. It's logical for them to want to attack my position, which they believe is wrong. Right, Michael? I mean, I'm not, I don't think that's a... <laughs> That's not – is that correct, Michael, that yeah, you believe yeah. people who are Christians are wrong? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And, and it's so – yeah, you, 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 you did a good job of that. Sorry, that, that sounds patronizing. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's, yeah, it's correct. Like I, I, don't, I, don't waste any, I don't waste my time going or trying to combat people who don't believe the things they're talking about either, right? Like I, I think what Ed said is, is a thousand percent correct. Like, like I, I don't – I've never met. I've never – I don't even know anyone who's ever encountered – a pastafarian who actually believes the flying spaghetti monster exists and has reached out and touched them with his noodly appendage, as they like to say. Um, I, I don't think that that's a thing, right? But but because of the pervasiveness of not only not the belief, right? I don't I don't care what it is you believe. It's it's when you, it, it's when people of different religious faith convictions attempt to uh, foist their beliefs. Not only onto me, but have it so that it it might become law in certain cases that that I live my life according to their religious convictions. That's a difference. And and what Nate said was a thousand percent correct. The reason why to steal man my own position, the reason why I I very specifically set aside Christianity is because people are generally more open to listening to what another person has to say when they don't feel personally attacked for their strongly held religious convictions. But anyway, there's yeah, other people that... <clears throat> oh, well, yeah, Michael, and I, I was going to, yeah, I was going to take my stab at uh, diagnosing you too, which, I mean, you, you know, you said, like, I mean, that's, you know, because usually the thing is, well, look, I don't have a problem with what you believe, but when your beliefs affect my real world life, that's what I'm fighting against. And I wish there were more people that were able to separate that because, you know, they'll say one thing, but then, um, you know, like who has a problem with the Amish? Not many people have a problem with the Amish. Like they keep to themselves, you know, they do their own thing. People are like, oh, okay, well, you know, they dress interestingly and uh, make good furniture. I don't really know or care what they believe, whatever, to each their own. Uh, but they essentially believe in the same God, uh, you know, as, as you know, the normal Christians. Like they have a fairly orthodox view of Christianity, um, as far as I understand it, maybe different sects are different, but I mean, as far as I understand, they're like Anabaptists and, you know, have a have a decent grasp on the salvation message of Christ, as far as I understand. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, they would be like, you know, of the Christian faith. Um, 
but then they get that same fervor, like let, you know, one Amish person, I don't even know how that would happen, but be in a forum and these, you know, anti-theists who would say, maybe they don't care what they believe, but, you know, they attack the, what affects them. The Amish would incur the same wrath upon them, even though they're like, bro, I don't have anything to do with the way you live your life. They're like, you're God. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying, Michael, and I understand that. Um, I just wish more people were able to differentiate and really practice what <laughs> practice what they preach. And like, well, look, if it is only the way it affects your life, then, you know, go after the, the Westboro Baptist Church or the specific people in Congress or, you know, whoever it is you think is so affecting your life with their Christian-y stuff. Um, and the people that aren't doing that, you know, and like the whenever you said the God virus, um, you know, when we talk like a lot of times other in the same vein, people will talk about how, well, you know, I don't I don't. I don't really have a problem with religion. I just don't believe there's a God. But then it's it's hard to believe when they write books, for example, like the God virus, and like have this very, very, very aggressive anti-theist stance. Um, it's like, okay, well, you know, I would expect someone from like, you know, uh, the Netherlands um, to do that. They're like, there's like no animus. They're like, no, I don't really know about your God. I, 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 I mean, if you can believe what you want. I just never really thought of it. I don't really know anything about it. I'm like, wow, I actually believe that person. They really don't have an animus against Christianity. But then other people, like especially in the Western world, will say that same thing. And then, you know, they they just like post all these like rants on Facebook and all the stuff that's like very, very aggressive anti-God. I'm like, okay, well, I don't believe you so much. Like, you know, you, you clearly, and you could say you hate the concept because you don't believe in the deity, but you definitely have a, a bone to pick with, you know, the guy that you think does or does not exist. You definitely have a bent um, aggressively against uh, this idea of God. Yeah, and I, I, I would I would suggest to anybody who's curious, um, uh, pick a like uh, maybe you can find an excerpt. You could probably find some stuff on YouTube from from Doctor Ray about the God virus because he's not talking about like in in that book. He's what he's talking about is how. How the belief in God, not God itself, like God, God itself, yeah. but how the belief in God has has spread throughout the and and he he makes he ties it to the way viruses spread, not particularly charitably admitted, but very uh, appropriately through. And it, he's he's a very kind and gentle man. He doesn't have a um a hateful bone in his body. But anyway, uh oh, I was just about to call on Jeff. Huh. When you see him, let him know. He's just about to call on him. Maybe he just disconnected. Uh, maybe he'll be back. Maybe God knew that, and he's like, nope, not today, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so basically all non-Christianity is just theism, whether it's theism of your own self or, you know, the, you know theism that there's a God outside of yourself or that you you yourself are God. So everything everything is theism, and then there's Christianity. That's it. So I, I would I would be... And again, I'm I'm trying to be as charitable as possible, but I I would appreciate if you if you don't project what you what your thoughts on my stance is onto me. Oh, right? I mean, I'm making clear statements. You know, I don't need like like five paragraphs to try to get people to think a certain way. They're very clear axioms. They're clear statements. Right. So because like in your last statement, um, you know, we said basically, you know, like. So is it? So it's 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 yeah, your so, view okay, that I'm well, hold, hold on. So you worded something right, and then I re I reworded it from my point of view. So it's it has the same value, right? So so do you believe that there's something that I worship? I mean, I just said it has the same value, and I said that theism is self self 
that you don't need God. So you're you're your own God. If you don't if you don't need God, then you're your own God by definition. So even though I even though I tell you that I that I don't think that well, well certainly there's <laughs> and very tongue in cheek. Um, there's a couple of ways that that uh, can be demonstrated that I'm no God. One, I'd be a lot richer and a lot better looking. Um, two, um, <laughs> there 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 wouldn't be things like famine or disease. Um, sorry, that's a, a poke. I didn't. Okay. Have, yeah, no, no, it's funny. But, yeah, it's cool. You know, but uh, you know, but so what I'm telling you is is that I is that I I specifically don't do that. Right. I specific like I don't. So you actually come, just made a case for uh, for anti-atheism, right? I mean, it okay. sounded good. How how did I how did I do that? <clears throat> because you're saying if you're God, you you would uh, because you're not God, all these other things, you would stop all of it from happening. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, Michael. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I might. I think it might be helpful if we, you know, the, the points that uh, Veritas is making about, uh, but atheists is they believe that they're own their own god. Uh, so I guess it might be helpful to ask, like, okay, what are the distinguishing traits of someone that is a believer in God or theist, and what does it mean to worship something? Uh, Veritas. Is, so, like, when I say I'm a Christian, I believe in God. That God is um, all knowing. I'm. He's worthy of my worship. He's all powerful. He's everywhere present. I believe that, and I worship God, and he can help me in my life, and he saved me. So if I rejected God's existence and I believe in myself, do I begin to believe that I am omniscient or all-powerful? What, what do you – so what would that mean? How does an atheist manifest that fact that he worships himself? Like, you, I understand you're you're believe, asking me, right? On. Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes, go on, Veritas. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, so I guess I guess the bottom line is it comes it comes down to what's the purpose of God? How does God – matter how does god interact in our life and to answer that simply would be the next level like if we if we are are eternal beings and we live forever then if there is a heaven and there's not a heaven if there's hell in other words um then yeah the purpose of god is to god reveals that what his purpose is is to save us and to take us to that eternal dwelling dwelling place versus what he claims is judgment. So we're only go, like we would know none of this unless it was revealed by God. So God's purpose is to step into uh, humanity that He created it. He created us and to save us from uh, from the judgment that He declared upon us. But because He's a Savior, He's made a way out. So He has the right because He made the way out to get out. So people mm -hmm. that reject the free the free gift, like that's on them. Oh, well, well, hang on. Je uh, Jeff came. Well, Jeff came back. I, uh, Jeff, I tried calling on you like right before you left, or right after you left. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to give you a chance since you've been up here for a while to say something. <laughs> oh, hey, I could more, and I appreciate it, uh, Nate. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I had a couple of phone calls. No, I, I, I came up because Michael said something that kind of uh, I thought was interesting. Um, he was talking about um, Islam being the most pervasive. You know, religion and, and dangerous and and you know Sharia law, and I think the reality that 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 we can all recognize when you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene in Congress, who openly and and uh, Lauren Boebert who openly call for Christian nationalism, I don't draw a distinction or a line between those two types of people. We what have is Christian nationalism? Hey, wait, 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 let him finish. Go ahead, Jeff. Finish. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. 
Yeah, so we have people sitting in Congress that openly call for Christian nationalism, that call for the church controlling the government. And I don't see any line of distinction between that and a Muslim calling for Sharia law. So I think okay. that, that we do need to be concerned when we have voices like this that are in our government saying these things. And it's not just because it's Christianity. If there was a Muslim uh, in Congress or any other religion saying the same type of thing, I would be just as concerned. Okay, so yeah. without going down a super long road, because I, I, Edward was in the middle of talking, but just to address this quickly, um, and to, I guess, get over this qu quickly, um, without going down this whole thing, um, if you can't tell a distinction between, quote, Christian nationalism, however you define that, and Sharia law, I'm just going to say murder, rape, and torture, and death. So if, if you find, you know, any of these people who want Christian nationalism calling for murder, rape, torture, and death, then, yeah, I'd be like, okay, it's probably pretty close to Sharia law. Um, if you don't find that, which you won't find that, um, that's a huge distinction. And if someone cannot d decide the difference, um, then that's, that's a person I just can't have a conversation with. So look for murder, death, rape, and torture. If you find uh, both sides agreeing to that, then sure, uh, but you won't. Uh, but Edwin, you're in the middle of talking. I just wanted to give Jeff, and thanks, uh, Honest, for, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. get back to you if you want. Yeah, Ed, but, yeah I'd definitely finish up, and then I wanted to just address uh, Honest for a second because he just kind of invoked my name, and I just, I'll just i offer a point of, I'll offer a point of clarification. But go ahead, Ed, finish. Yeah, I'll be brief. Yeah, I was just addressing what, what Veritas was saying about like that I think he was suggesting atheists, they do believe that they believe in a God. They just believe that they are God. I was just wondering how, what, what does that mean if you believe that you are God? I mean, you know, obviously, Michael, you don't, you know, you don't believe you have a divine attributes, but you, uh, so that's what I was just wasn't clear on. There's the, everything else other than Christianity is, is theism that you kind of believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just saying that we <clears throat> Christians believe in God because there is a heaven and hell distinction. But if an atheist has created a non-heaven and non-hell in their own existence and their own mind and how they deal with life, then yeah, they they're their own God, whom simply created neither. Does that make sense? They created no hell, no heaven, and just life as it is. Um, period. That that's that's it's very. That's how easy it is. That's the distinction. We believe in God, and God says there's a distinction of heaven and hell, and to it's more favorable to go to heaven, whereas an atheist and a, or a theist and a theist and agnostic uh, atheist um, say that they created their own mind frame, their own worldview, and that there is no heaven or th there's no hell, and that's their own reality. So yeah, they they they're a God who just uh, create who got rid of the idea of heaven and hell. It's, I mean, it's that simple. So there's a bunch of problems with, with that, but I want to address what Honest said. And, and Honest, I think uh, I would have to, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull back on what I said, but what I will say is um, as a, as a Canadian, I have a, what I will call a delightful degree of uh, separation from some of the truly, what, what I would stand alongside you and call atrocious things that are going on uh, in the United States as well. True, what Nate said, not to the same degree as as with Islam. The reason the the reason I said that is because, um, from my perspective, as someone who doesn't have to live under the thumb of politicians trying to enact what I believe are unjust laws, um, I I have I have that degree of of separation. It was it was never my intention to downplay 
some of the things that uh, that are that are going on in the U.S. That that again, I would stand alongside you, and I and I disagree with. Um, but in but in in Canada, um, it's weird. Like we, the third line of our constitution recognizes the supremacy of Almighty God. It's right in there. And yet, ironically, we are vastly more secular uh, than than the United States. Um, there are more um, Muslim very large communities in Canada now. Thankfully, they tend to be more of the Sunni persuasion, which are historically a little more uh, gentle, I'll say. But but it was certainly, but yes, I, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to downplay anything that, uh, that, uh, that, that's going on in, in the U.S. Um, so hopefully that, that clarifies yeah. that. It's, yeah. Well, maybe if I can clarify as well. When I say I don't make a distinction, I, I don't. I, I meant I just don't make a distinct. Uh, not to the physical violent aspects of the of the movements. I don't make a distinction of someone trying to take a religious ideology and make it part of the government, right? So whatever the resultant um, physical actions that may result from that, um, I, I don't. It, it's of no consequence to what I'm talking about, right? I, the the infiltration of a religious mindset in people in our in our government that want to use their particular brand of God or holy book to run the government and they're openly saying this is a scary thing and that's that's the that's the i don't see a distinction i mean they they literally want um the equivalent of of a theocracy right so and who knows what would happen right maybe it would lead to death rape and torture and shit who knows i I mean uh, we just i just i just know that i don't want a theocracy and i don't want people in my government to openly call for the church to run the government. And I don't think you want that either, right? Because that that's just, that's, that's the standard, right? Of course, yeah. I, I, I personally wouldn't, but I, I, you are saying a lot, of, a lot of things. So I would first want to, you know, sort of trust, kind of, but mostly verify. So, you know, I haven't heard them say any of this stuff. Like when you invoke their names, that's not where I thought you were going with that. But I haven't heard. I mean, granted, I don't hear a lot of what they have to say. Just the stuff that makes the news. Lauren, but, Lauren Boebert has come straight out, and, and I can I'll look for the links. Oh, oh, and I'll, yeah, I'll look, uh, I mean, okay, yeah. What I what I mean call by that for is Christian nationalism. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, bro. What I mean by that is not you telling me what she's done, but like actually giving me a citation. And then what does she mean by Christian nationalism? Because like someone else is like, what do you mean by that? And I agree. So there's different ways people define that. So uh, I've never heard it as a complete overthrow of the government or a Christian theocracy. Um, I've heard it more like, you know, you're a, uh, I don't know, you're a Christian and you work for Christian values, whatever that means. People define it differently. But I've never heard someone say we should, you know, overtake the government as uh, a kingdom for Christ or whatever you're saying. So anyways, when you say openly call for Christian nationalism, I I would want like, you know, a citation of what she actually means by that. Does she just mean like, I don't know, support stuff like um, abortion bans? Which would you know bother bother plenty of people, or does it mean like actually have the president a sworn devout Christian and every member of Congress like declaring allegiance to Jesus? Like that—that's what I mean, Jeff. So like a source of okay, you know so, what, so what right, they mean so, by that. All right. So right here is what she says. <clears throat> um, she 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 said this. Uh, this was at Woodland Park uh, on 2022. Uh, she said, "God uh, said that uh, we need to put God back in the center of our country and defeat the enemy. God is on our side. The blood has been applied. We're going straight into victory. We're all more than conquerors. Da, da, da. But then she goes on to say, we, we see a church 
and unengaged in the public square because we have been conditioned to believe there's a disconnect between the secular and the sacred. There is not. And she goes on to say, where was it? Um, uh, yeah, we're the kings. We're the ones who rule. And when we don't vote, we allow this Christian. Uh, anyway, I, I can't find you can't find yeah, it. Yeah, I'll link that on. There's a whole, <laughs> Yeah, there, well, there, there, it's on in here somewhere, and there's a video of it somewhere. Let me let me see if I find it. Where she she actually just says that the church should control the government. That's her words, and I'll find the video and I'll link it. Okay, and you know, I mean, just a testament to you know, trust but verify, because uh, you know, sometimes I mean, I've, I've been guilty before, right? Like I was sure, and I'm not saying you don't. I'm sure she probably said some stuff, but anyways, that's one person, right? So I mean, you know. Um, does that mean she speaks for all of Christendom? Well, not me if she wants, you know, the church to control uh, the government. Um, anyway, so I'd say, yeah, attack the argument, uh, not two billion Christians. Um, but yeah, I mean, there have been things before that I, I was sure were accurate. And then I look, and Michael, that gets to one of the things that's like I'm pretty dug, dug in the trenches in what I said, like, you know, something I thought the Bible said. I'm like, I know it's in here. Let me get it. Let me get it. And after like an hour of looking, I'm like, okay. I found what I was looking for. It turns out I was actually wrong. I, I misremembered that. I'm like, oops. Um, not saying you did that, Jeff, but um, you know, if you don't find a source, then I, I guess I will say that. Um, there was some other direction we were – or Michael, you – I just posted one link. I just posted one link, and it is it is commentary. I tried to find one that was just her. And if you just, if you just go to YouTube and say, Lauren Boebert, um, the church should control the government – and you'll get dozens of videos. I mean, so she literally says this, and that's a scary thing. I think you would agree, right? Um, and, and, well, sure. And that's also like, right. well, yeah. I mean, that's also like West, you know, Westboro Baptist Church, like saying the crap they say. Does that mean they speak for Christendom? Not me. Uh, no, not, but I'm saying, you know, but, she, but, she, but she's our, a, a congressman, right? I mean, that's then a congresswoman. Move to Colorado that's... and vote her out. Wait, well, like, look at the squad. Like, look at those people. Like, you know, Ilhan Omar. Like, she said some, and Rashid Talib or whatever. Like, they have said some insane crap. Um, and you know, they're, they're very not Christian. Uh, they're very not secular humanist. Uh, they have, uh, well, I don't know about Rashid, but I mean, Ilan Omar, I know, um, is, is not, uh, Christian friendly at all. And they've said some insane stuff. So, I mean, you know, what, what are we going to do? Are they speaking for everyone in atheism? Are they speaking for everyone in Islam? Surely not. Um, so that's what I'd say. Like, you know, it doesn't sound comforting, I guess, but what do you do? Like, go register where those people are representatives and vote them out. Yeah. Okay. And I've just, I, I, real quick, I've just found the other link. It was Marjorie Taylor Greene that said Republicans should be Christian nationalists. And I'm going to post that for you here now. Well, well, wait, hang on. You just said something there. That gives me pause. Should be. Great. I think everyone, I think every atheist should repent and believe the gospel. Does that mean I'm going to force them? Does that mean I'm going to command them? So, I mean, again, that's, that's where like, you know, maybe the actual devil is in the details. Um, just because she says should be, um, that's her opinion. Great. Wonderful. I may or may not agree. Like, I think everyone should be a Christian. Uh, would you not want me representing you now? If I said, I'm going to force everyone to convert or death, yeah. well, then I, I'm like, okay, well, that's, would that's you be, another would you be a, Would you be upset if she said, I think um, every um, congressperson should be uh, um, a, 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 you know, a radical Muslim? I mean, think about it. I mean, okay. what well, you, you keep I, I'm trying to be as generous as I possibly can, but you keep loading these things like sh uh, should be a Christian versus should be a radical Muslim. Like when you throw a radical Muslim, you think, you know what we all think when we think of radical Muslim. 
Um, so that's different. If if she says everyone should well, be a Christian good, nationalism, if, if she, Christian nationalism is if Christian nationalism is a radical branch of Christianity. That's the that's the parallel I'm making. Oh my God, Jeff, I'm almost done with you. You can't keep interrupting me, and you can't like I can't correct stuff as fast as you're messing it up. Um, so remember your metrics for Christian nationalism by any way you define it, the most hardcore um, versus radical Islam, murder. Right, that's the only benchmark. Like there, there's a difference. Like right, so. Forget all the other Sharia law, all the other stuff. Like murder is your benchmark. So if you find a Christian nationalist saying everyone should be radical Christian nationalist and they promote murder, then you've got a case. Let me know. Um, you're you're not going to find that though. Or, or I mean, in the interest of never saying never, maybe there's some guy you will find that and be like, wow, he's bad. But if if she said, you know, everyone should be a Christian, I'm like, hey, sounds good. If she's like, everyone should be a good, respectful, peaceful Muslim, I'd be like, ah, well, I don't agree with that, but you know, that's her opinion. She's not going to force it. She's not going to pass legislation. So. Eh, I don't like it, but you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, Ibiana or thing, Pastor Sam. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is uh, to go back to what you you, um, you commenting of what I was talking about. <clears throat> most of my uh, or a lot of my comments were directed towards Veritas, but I, uh, you know, I don't want to speak unkindly of him since he's he's left, but. There seemed to have just been a communication disconnect there, where we were talking past one another, and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't fruitful anymore. Uh, Aviana, uh, I, I agree with you. Did I miss the dumpster uh, fire? Uh, Chris, you want everyone to be a Christian nationalist? <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, and also, and also, um, Calvinism is a form of theism, but not Christianity. He did say that. Oh yes. Um, Who said that? Aviana, did uh, the Veritas guy that was here before? Is he retarded? Uh, um, two wrongs don't make a right. Aviana, uh, save us. What would you like to say, Aviana? No, no, our, no. Aviana. No slip against people with mental health. Yeah. Yes, please. Aviana, please Aviana. Aviana. Uh, Aviana. And then Sam. What's up, Aviana? Not much. Um, oh, man, this is a very interesting conversation. Um. Really? I'm looking for a way out. Okay. <laughs> Not uh, really. You keep it going. It's fine. I, I, I feel like I would need to... I, I'm learning um, a little bit about what you guys are talking about. I, I would say that... I don't know if I would necessarily call myself a Christian nationalist. But as of right now, and I have to continue to study, I do believe in what's called the mediatorial kingship of Christ and the establishmentarian principle. Um, I don't believe that necessarily that the, um, I don't believe that the church and the state should be completely separate, but I don't believe that they should be completely intertwined. Um, I do believe that the state should be taking their cue from the church. Um, and I don't necessarily believe that that has to like come to bloodshed and all of these horrible things um, that people talk about and say that uh, that would come with that. Uh, Pastor Sam. Good morning, y'all. Uh, Good morning. This, I, I just was sitting back listening. And I just want to kind of make a, a statement. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw rocks or anything, just some consideration. Um, throw some rocks, throw some rocks. <laughs> nah, I'm not throwing rocks, Chris. 
the challenge, you know, when it comes to this uh, thing about the United States being a a, a Christian nation, but the Bible in the hands of men versus the Bible in the hearts of men have been not really good. There is no way that the United States has ever been a Christian nation. Uh, I think oh, we, people, we left Christian nation in the rear view. We're on Christian nationalism. Should yeah. we make it a Christian nation? <laughs> I mean, but but how 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 do you do that with when we look at the record of how sinners have done with the book in their hand? I mean, it's been horrible. Uh, I don't think that we would do any better. We would really fare any better than we have in the past. We would be at war uh, with others. Because of our, not be, which is strange is because of my belief, so-called belief in God. That's why we would go to war. So I'm just saying that I don't believe that our nation has ever been a Christian nation. The Bible has been the centerpiece for all types of atrocities in the name of God. And so I don't think that making the government, quote, Christian will help us at all. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Are you speaking? Sure. What would you like to say? I'm not. Like, um, I, so was the so is the other guy, Veritas? Was he was he like literally retarded or like? Oh, we're back to. Oh boy, no, I can't. I can't. I can't help you. I have a special needs daughter. Would you please stop using that word? Thank you. <clears throat> sure. Um. Is this where I just throw my hands up? <laughs> Do as thou wilt. Shout out to you, Jamesy. Wait, wait. Can we, um, so would everybody be super comfortable if we made Pastor Sam the absolute dictator of the United States? I, I would not. I, for one, would be okay with that. I would. I would not, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll you I well, would. Actually, actually, Sam, Sam, you can be the dictator of the U.S. because I live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. Well, I mean... I mean, if you ask I if I'd like to be, to be dictator. well, I mean, if I could be dictator, I'd totally do that, but I wouldn't want anyone who is not me doing it. And for the record, you know, I would probably not be a great dictator, but I would still uh, like my crack at it. But for anyone else, I mean, no, I'm, I'm selfish like that. You could put the word dick back into dictator. Chris, um, that's, uh, did someone kidnap Chris? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to receive that. Where's Chris? What is going on? What is going is this, on here? Is this what Calvinism is, Chris? Um, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. Even I'm, uh, even right? I'm standing screaming. Nate, bring him to the light. I bring him to your light, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Chris, what happened to you this morning? Did you have a, a bad night or eat something interesting or? Are you an atheist now, Chris? I mean. If I were to be an atheist, I'd be the greatest atheist of all time. No, no, I'm not an atheist. I'm, I'm still a, I'm still a very dumb. Th- I mean, see, I guess this is evidence for why Christians still need Christ. I'm the curious for the, <laughs> for the people against Christian nationalism or whatever. Uh, that's kind of a broad statement. Like, what specifically did Christ do? 
or command his followers to do that you think is not good? Because in, in my opinion, every single thing Christ did and commanded others to do is for the good of us all. And we can scientifically observe history and see that every atrocity, every war, every evil act is a direct result of disobedience to God. So of the... So I- yeah, I can tell you right now it would be it would be social issues, you know, like abortion and and things like that. And they used to have, um, and by they I mean the they who I'm talking about, they used to have a s- sort of scientific, from their standpoint, argument on their side. But that's thrown out the window. So I think social issues are all they have because they used to say, you know, we can't trust these elected representatives who believe in sky daddy fairy tales to also have sound sound minds to govern the land, and you know they're anti science. Which now, I mean, when we're talking about mixing genders and, you know, people can change their sex and all this other stuff. And, you know, we don't know what a woman is or because we're not a biologist and, you know, junk like that. That's just scientifically absurd. Um, I guess they can't claim the science uh, high ground anymore. So it would it would primarily be social issues like abortion. Keep your hands out of my vagina, blah, 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 that type of stuff. But as far as, hey, you should love your neighbor. Most people would be like, OK, sounds good. Or, you know, um, I don't know. What, what Michael? Yeah, I, I don't think you, I, I mean, it, it might not be uh, fair uh, to, to throw the whole kind of, you know, science thing out there. I, I would never, I, I would never attempt to say that, um, that there aren't people who are Christian that are clearly very, very smart, right? Like, for example, and I've, I've, I've said this before, Francis Collins, head of the National Institutes of Health, uh, head of the, the former head of the Human Genome Project, right? Um, this is this is not a stupid man, right? He, he's a Christian, right? But I would never be so arrogant as to, as to say that you know that he's not uh, crazy smart, far smarter than I am. Um, I, but I, I think you did hit the nail on the head there, at, at least somewhat, uh, in referring to uh, the the social aspect, the the social issues, right? Uh, I think that that is where um, I think that is where it uh, at at least from a, from a bottom- where the rubber hits the road, but I but I also think it's something interesting that, that Saint said a, a moment ago, um, and I know that it's it's written down somewhere. The first per, you know first person that brings up Hitler loses an argument. Um, <laughs> however, um, when when you look at there's lots of people say oh you know Hitler was atheist no he wasn't he was a professing Catholic and was until uh, the day he died, um, and there were some who will say Catholics are not Christians which is fine but he. Uh, he gave a speech in Munich in 1922, specifically talking about why he was doing what he was doing. And he said that it's in that speech, he said, it's because of my faith as a Christian that he was doing these things. And on the belt buckle over every SS soldier were the words, Gottmann uns, God with us. So maybe we can't tar and feather uh, every war with the, uh, with the um, slant of uh, anti-theism. Uh, you know, that's – well, sure. I mean, anti – no, I wouldn't say every war is because of anti-theism. I mean, there's got to be plenty of secular countries who went to war just because they didn't like the trade agreements, not because of anything to do with religion. So, sure. Um, however, you said something – a couple things. Let's see if I can remember them all. Um, about Hitler, his his motto that said, God with us, or whatever God you said, that, that motto. Well, you just got done saying how you know your country is much more secular than us even uh, by your estimation. But on in your constitution, it says we under the almighty God. So just because you have a slogan that honors God, clearly, uh, you know, 
Canada is very secular. And I would say, you know, let's just, you know, draw that conclusion to Germany. Doesn't mean it is or isn't, but you can see how it could happen. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, by, well, and, and the other thing I want to say is, you know, people say, you know, Hitler's Christian, Hitler's Catholic. Uh, and I know we talked to this about this before. By the time you start employing the dark arts and getting, you know, like occult practices, you can, I mean, you, you can call yourself a Christian because you have the freedom to say words. But when you start doing divination and sorcery and occult practices, you are absolutely like so far at war with God or the Bible. You are not a Christian in any, any sort of the way you're like, I don't even know how to say that. that I mean, that's like about the, war, the the best way to show you're not a Christian is to delve into occult practices. Um, anyways, uh, but, but then when you, the last thing I'll say is when you look at the history of, you know, like the Jesuits and you start seeing, you know, some of the like, I don't know. It's really sketchy. Like, I mean, if someone wants to say he was a professing Catholic, well, we have, you know, professing Christians who I'm like, well, you can say it because, you know, words, but are you? Um, but then even if you say that, you know, the, the, I don't know, like Pope somehow didn't excommunicate him. Um, if you look at the history of the Jesuits and some of the like dealings, if you believe history of the writings, um, it seemed like, you know, he could have been in league with like, you know, something that Rome would never admit but kind of like the underbelly or like the Jesuit secret orders and all this like weird Illuminati type stuff um, that could, could be part of why he did what he did, which I would say if it was an institutional reason and you want to say he was a professing Catholic and never got excommunicated, which I don't think he did. Someone should fact check me before I sound dumb again. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. My problem would still be not a Christian, not a Jesus following Christian by any stretch of the imagination What's my chief evidence? Because, you know, all Christians are different. No one can agree. The freaking occult, like sorcery. Like when you do that, you are not a Christian. Okay, that's my case. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And the last thing I'll say, and then and then I'll shut up, promise, um, is that uh, to the best of my knowledge, there were no, um, even after the, the Nuremberg trials, there were no um, Catholics uh, who, were, who were members of the SS, et cetera, who were excommunicated for their, for their part in those crimes. Um, but, and this is, again, I seem to be invoking him a lot this morning. Maybe his spirit's with me. Uh, Christopher Hitchens uh, said in one of his uh, discussions, he said uh, there was a, a famous uh, Nazi who was excommunicated, uh, uh, Joseph Goebbels, uh, and he was excommunicated for marrying a Protestant. Yeah, which leads, lends credence to, uh, you know, maybe there is some sketchy stuff with, uh, you know, like the, the CD underbelly of Rome. Um, why these people were not excommunicated it does which i mean is a great evidence for you know why you should follow jesus not be a catholic just saying okay chris what's up chris let's give you another shot <laughs> okay i'll be nice jeez nobody likes my jokes today anyway so what i would say in all seriousness is Christian nationalist has become a slur, and so what the slur is is an attempt to other people and to put them out of polite society. And so it is a shifting of what is called the Overton window in order to eliminate an entire class of people from political discourse. And so when somebody calls somebody else a Christian nationalist, what they're saying is, you are other than a human being that should be allowed in polite society. 
and that you should not have a say in anything at all. In fact, some of the more strident adherents to this ideology of referring to people as Christian nationalists would, would probably advocate for putting Christian nationalists all in a single place so you can keep an eye on them. I think we have, a, I think we have a, an opportunity here for a meeting of the minds uh, and, real, and real progress. Okay, how about this? Uh, I offer this up. Um, in the interest of attempting to uh, eliminate what Chris called slurs, let's, uh, l- let's try this. Uh, Chris, you have my commitment that, and I don't know that I've ever used the term before, but I'm not even going to use the term now. I'll just say CN. Um, in the interest uh, of, uh, of fair play, I commit to never using the term CN again. If you commit to never using the R word again, how's that? Sure, that's fair. Okay. And and the only reason the only reason I say this is because not only because uh, honest um, shared with me when he was when he was actually on our podcast a couple months ago um, his his family situation, but also as a as a mental health care professional, um, it's something that is tossed out a lot of times. And you hit the nail on the head, Chris. It is used to other people, and it's bad. Uh, for the. Uh, Okay, sure. Um, maybe I don't need to say anything. Um, look at us all agreeing. Uh, Concrete, you have yet to speak. What would you like to say? If you're there, are you there, Concrete? He was on the phone and then he just disappeared. Oh. Um, let's see. Okay, I guess I will say it. You know, for the record, free speech blog. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris, uh, but you know, if someone throws out the term Christian nationalist, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that on the merit and be like, well, first of all, you know, let's just talk about that. And then, you know, the R word, um, you know, while I, I I'm pretty difficult to offend. Um, so if people say it, like people can say, I mean, you know, they say blasphemous stuff about Jesus every day, which is kind of like my, my lowest threshold, but I still, you know, deal with that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very hard to offend. So like, you know, words, even the R word and stuff like that. I personally am, am not offended. I'm just like, whatever. It's your right to say it. You may not have a lot of friends, but, um, you know, sticks and stones, words, that type thing. Um, but also, I'm not a monster. And, you know, I don't, I don't really say it. Um, I, I'm sure I have in my life. Um, but I, that's not something I say. And I know we have a person with a special needs uh, daughter living down the road from me. And, you know, they get up in a tizzy when someone says that, too. Um, so I've heard. Haven't been around firsthand. But uh, anyway, yeah. So it's like, just because it's your right doesn't make it right. So while, you know, if someone wants to say it, I'm, I'm not going to be personally offended. I'm not going to say it. Um, I guess that's all just in the interest of free speech. What are we talking about? Roaches? <clears throat> oh, boy. We tried. Yes, that's exactly right. Ro- cockroaches. Terribly offensive. <laughs> Those dirty, dirty little animals. I still say Pastor Sam would make a good dictator for life. Man, I would make. <laughs> I don't even know how. I, 
I'm still, I'm still uh, blinded by uh, reintroducing Dick into the office. <laughs> and there it is again. <laughs> hey, Nate Stark. See, not offended, but just because it's your right doesn't make it right. I don't, I don't know. It's All I could weird. think of was Tricky Dick Nixon. That, I mean, that was, you know, a 70s, 60s, 70s kind of phrase thing, so... Talking about when we talking about reintroducing Dick into the office, I'm thinking Nixon. Sure, that's back? that's exactly what Chris thought too. <laughs> that's the way you meant it, right, Chris? <laughs> sure. So now, just just I, I was talking to somebody the other day about the <clears throat> elephant in the room. So in order to turn the elephant into something, you saying I'm fat? Huh? Sorry, I'm just kidding. So in order to fat? turn the elephant into something other than the elephant, what is the problem with the word retard? Ah, I wash oh, my shit. hands of this. No, I'm asking. I, I, okay, from, look, from let me let me explain I don't this. No, I don't know because, like myself. Well, hang on. Can I set this up? Yeah, Jeff, I'd like you to speak to it. Uh, can can the premise be to talk about this in the most amiable way, like you know? People yeah, we're, we're actually just, don't know. So, so like, the, well, hang, hang on. Yeah, the story I was just talking about, like, you know, one of my, uh, you know, one of one of my neighbors has a special needs son and uh, adopted son. They just adopted them like six months ago. Anyway, so they were walking down the other end of my road, like a mile away, and they had never met my other other neighbor that lives quite a ways down the road. Anyway, so they uh, met them outside and the mom comes over and she's like, oh, hi, here's, uh, you know, here's here's my dog. Look at my dog. She's like, Oh, I, I thought you had another kid. And she's like, Oh no, we do. We do. Cause they didn't really know each other. And she's like, I have a daughter. She's at home. And, and here's this son he's adopted. And so she went into her house and they started talking and both of them have special needs children. It's not a daughter. Anyway. So the, the woman who's a doctor, by the way, just adopted the special needs son who's anyways. So she innocently um, said, what well, you know, he's on the spectrum and, you know, they think there's some, uh, some like mild retardation going on. Like in a, in a, like, you know, 30 years ago, it would have been a clinical term, like, you know, like a mild retardation, blah, blah, blah. And this woman like loses it. I'm so, so I'm told. And she's like, you do not say that word. We, which by the way, she didn't say retard. She said retardation. Anyway, she heard it exactly the same. Says you do not say that. We do not say this in this house, blah, blah, blah. And went on this whole thing. And my other neighbor who was innocent about it, um, she was like shocked. She's like, I didn't mean any offense at all. Like, I, I mean, what do you, what else do you say? Like it's, it's used to be a medical term. Um, Anyway, so in the spirit of everyone's trying to not offend anyone, yeah, Jeff, so what would be the problem with, like, saying, like, in that context versus special yeah. needs? Yeah, so I have a special needs daughter, and um, her mom and I were married when she was, I guess, about 18. Um, and so she's not mine. She's my stepdaughter. So I st she's still my daughter. Um, and... Uh, it, it was a derogatory term that was used in general for people who have special needs, who have some uh, Down syndrome, perhaps, or in the case of my daughter, she has cerebral palsy, cerebral, ah, can you say it? cerebral palsy, and she's moderately mentally challenged, right? And uh, it, it was the word is used in the playground by kids to tease other kids. Are you a R? Look at that R over there. And it's a derogatory put down term. And it is um, 
making fun of a person what they have no uh, which they have no control over right my daughter didn't choose to be born with cerebral palsy palsy and to be moderately mentally challenged people don't choose to have down syndrome and it's just a it became a pejorative and a, and a mock and so it's it, it's not a clinical term in that way now if if i were as nate correctly said if i was talking about um in a clinical setting i was talking to another doctor and you know, and, and there seems to be some mild retardation of, and it could be, it, it might not even be uh, linked to mental. It, it could be a mild retardation, retardation of the growth hormone, or, or whatever. I mean, it could be. It, um, it, it, that's a different thing, and that's not not what most people say when they use that word. When they're saying the R word, they're just trying to put somebody down to say that there's something mentally uh, wrong with them, and it's. Uh, it's it's not nice yeah okay and it, it, and it hurts people's feelings i get how that's compared to the christian nationalist thing now okay uh sam you want to respond so it's not that the person who has the developmentally uh challenge that's offended it's the caregiver that's offended. oh no they're offended can you imagine being a person who who is moderately mentally challenged. And my daughter knows when she's being made fun of and kids are pointing a finger at her and calling her that word. And she's in tears. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Okay. I get what you're you're saying. Nobody should be made fun of. So, but this particular word from your standpoint of view, it just automatically denotes a derogatory, uh, uh, meaning behind it. That's what you're saying. I, I just don't have any more clear I could be. And yeah, I don't, yeah, you're being I mean, obtuse at this point. No, yeah, I mean, no, almost not. Yeah, Sam, uh, almost always. Yeah, like, like, for example, it is it is technically correct to say that a mechanic can retard the ignition of a car, right? Yeah. That's technically correct, right? Um, however, in, you know, <laughs> and, you know, to throw those big air quotes up in context, um, you know, being key and being everything, it's it, it's how it's how the word is used, right? And like I, I I deal with people kind of on a daily basis that operate, you know, that that operate on the spectrum anywhere between, you know, the first percentile, um, you know, people who are very very uh, cognitively unaware of what's going on, uh, all, all the way up to kind of the normal rating, normal operating percentile where we are, which is around three percent. I'm kidding, um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, like like there 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 are those there are those who don't like who who don't know, but for the overwhelming majority, uh, like for example, people who live with Down syndrome, for example, right, which is just a chromosomal defect, but um, people who live with Down syndrome, there there are people who 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 have Downs that are very smart, um, and and when and when someone makes fun of them, they're they're keenly aware of it, right, and so just in the interest of being kind, right? Um, it's just something that, you know, like I, I'm, I'm sure in your life, Sam, there have been people that have chucked insults around you, you know, based on your skin color, right? And it's and 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 for 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 from this from this side of things, like it's tantamount to that, is 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 all it's you know trying to convey. Oh, hopefully, on hopefully, honest, I I represented you well there. You're good. 
yeah, it's it's I, tantamount to, it's tantamount to the N word for for people who have disabilities. Sure, but like, so I guess the question is, when did this shift in language occur, and who said we're doing that? I think that that the pushback that we're getting on all this language stuff, especially with politically correct language and all these other things, is that you know there have been people making fun of other people. Like, so, so I guess my example would be, we, we talked about somebody being mentally challenged. So now let's say that the, the, the R word, if you will, um, gets completely erased from the English language in terms of, of that type of, of, uh, you know, pejorative. Then why wouldn't challenged become the next pejorative? And then we would have to put that out of our language. Do you see what I'm saying is like, if the children on the playground are like, what are you challenged? You know, and I could hear, I could, I could totally see kids doing this. If they're not going to use the R word, they're going to use some other word. Does that then become the pejorative that we're all innocently using now? And that now in 30 years, all of us are monsters for being on this recording, using the word challenge. No, that's no. That would be my yeah, no, because it's about intent, right? It's, it, 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 it's about intent. And unfortunately, the um the you know the 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 r word has be, has become something like it like again it it didn't i don't think it necessarily started out as a bad thing like you know there there would be people like there are there are journals that i have read that that use the term mental retardation right these are also journals from more than 30 years ago right where you know where where kind of the the social zeitgeist um if if you like has changed right and so you know, it it was like it was socially acceptable to do lots of things, right? But as we've as we've learned more, we've just you know I think we've grown as a society. And for, and for me personally, Chris, I totally get where you're coming from. For me, it's you know, and and I'm and I'm not trying to. This will come across way harsher than I mean it to. Um, for for me, it's just about about kindness and sensitivity. Not saying that you weren't that you're trying to be unkind or insensitive. But for me, it's just like that's what it like. The, that's what comes down to the lowest common denominator from my perspective. Uh, Xbox, welcome. Hey, Nick. Having a good morning. Did you have something like to a, say about this? Do yeah, I was gonna say. Well, handicapped is has become a word that's kind of not PC anymore. So I don't. I agree with the the guy that was talking before about um, challenged. I do. I can see it being used just that same way. Look, look why are you making the distinction? Look, here's the point. Why are you making the distinction? You don't point to a group of people and 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 and, and describe people by their race in, in most cases, right? You don't walk up and say, "Oh, it's like right." Why are you making the distinction? They're just people, right? That's the point. What 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 is so hard to understand about this? There's there's need to be any distinction made, and when you use the R word. You're denigrating a group of people, and it's been used as a pejorative. This is not hard to comprehend. Well, but I, I don't you wouldn't it. say special needs either, right? You'd just be like, hey, this is my kid, Tony. This is, like, yes, that's right. But then they're going to be like, they're like, well, Tony is not like Jeff. They're like, oh, okay. Sorry? Well, like, like, what is, well, no, I'm saying, well, well, hang on, hang on. I, I'm just trying to say, like, I, I, I see everyone's point. Like, it is intent, and, and some, 
I, I don't know how far I can back up. But Michael, to your point, you said it's about the intent. So if someone says the R word like, you know, maliciously or whatever, that's bad. If you get them not to say that, then, you know, challenged very well to Chris's point could be the next one. So someone, look, whoever, look, if someone, I adopted – wait, 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 Jeff, wait, Jeff. Someone is always going to have malicious, bad, jerk intent. So whatever word, they're going to say it. So at some point it has to go from, you know, we can't regulate everyone's speech, even though we should and they shouldn't be jerks. Um, they can still be a jerk, so we just need to be like, okay, well, you're a jerk. We're just going to stay away from you and let you be a jerk with no friends instead of taking words because at some point, while we want to, we should strive to be respectful and everything like that, we still have to have the ability to speak. Um, so at, at some point, Jeff, and then you can go, I guess, um, if, I, if you introduce your son, Tony, or whatever, who has, who has special needs, but you just say, hey, this is Tony. It's like, oh, okay, at a certain point, uh, if Tony is you know, a, a kid's age or something like that or a teenager – and the teenager's like, oh, well, okay, Tony isn't acting like all these other kids. Something's different about Tony. Uh, hey, Jeff, as the parent, what is different about Tony? Are you going to say Tony is Tony is Tony? Or are you like, well, Tony is different because, or Tony is special needs. Or let me ask at you some this. point, you're going to have to do it. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If I adopted a child that's a different race than mine, am I going to introduce this child? This is my black child, Jerry. This is my um, Chinese child, Rachel. Of course not. Hang on a minute. Let me finish. Hang on. It's self-evident. There's something wrong with these people as well. What's wrong with them? If, if an adult wants to go to an adult, that's a friend and they want to say, Hey, you know, what's wrong with Johnny? What, you know, what, what's his diagnosis? That's different, but you don't come out and say, Hey, is Johnny a R, right? Uh, so this is not sure hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, wait one second. Job. Sorry, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on one second, Murray. Uh, I'm sure you didn't mean to do this, Jeff, but <laughs> which uh, totally a slip of the tongue. I'm going to say that on your behalf. But, you know, just for the record, you did say I would introduce my black child this, my black child this. And, you know, then my special needs child this. There's something wrong with them as well. I know you didn't mean that the way it sounded. But uh, anyway, um, but but, it, but anyways, um, you, you went out for me. I didn't hear anything you said, Nate. Okay, it's fine. Um, you, you said something that I'm sure you didn't mean. But uh, anyways, um, to the other point, though, you said something is evident, but you're doing the thing that you did with Christian, Christian nationalism, comparing it to is, uh, Sharia law a minute ago. You're talking, about, uh, you're talking about color versus something that may not be as apparent, or even if it is as apparent. Like, you know, if there's a bunch of, a bunch of brown people, and they're like, Mommy, why is that kid black? Why is he darker than all of us? Then they'll say, oh, well, or I guess they would say black, so you wouldn't have to say black. But you'll be like, oh, okay, well, it's a difference in pigment. And I mean, that's going to be a little more nuanced as to as to why versus the what. Whereas, like, you know, Tony is is different than us. Like, you know, he acts different than us. Um, why is that? And then, you know, you have a term for that. You have to describe it instead of saying, like, you know, shut up, don't worry about it. Well, it's like there's there's obviously something going on, so you would describe that some way. So, like, you know, if a kid is a different color – Obviously, there is some reason the kid's a different color. So that's where you're like, oh, well, you know, suntan, uh, you know, sun and melatonin and skin and pigmentation, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it, it's not exactly apples to apples you're comparing. Um, who, who would I interrupt? Was it Mari or Xbox that was trying to say something? Oh, I, I only wanted to, um, I was only noting that that was Jeff's uh, distinction, that, that in private, and here's why. In private, he was saying it's okay to, done res if done respectfully. Um, I grew up as a teenager in the 90s and lived through that political correctness thing because I was also an advocate. Call people as they want to be called. And and what I'm hearing in this modern day is that it, it does get very 
um, case by case basis. And I've, I have been living for the last several years under the revised thinking that it's not okay to be colorblind because then it denies the uh, experience, the lived experience or probable, sorry, probable lived experience of somebody who has darker skin. And so, so, so it, it's just kind of one of these things of like, be aware, you know, um, but <laughs> try to reflect back what, how people want to speak about themselves. And, and, it, and it's, and it's all very tricky. I mean, it's not tricky meant to be, be meant to trip us up. It's, it's meant for us. I mean, we're all express learning how to express love and respect for ourselves as we are, and then negotiating how to communicate that to others. Please, you know, here are my boundaries. Please speak to me about, about me in this way or continue. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Pastor was not on mute. Go ahead. Oh, no, thank you. I was, I was done speaking. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, X, so, did you have something to say? I, uh, well, but oh, no. Guys, I got it too. No, okay, the Pastor, only thing I caught, you, you said melanin, and it's, uh, uh, or you, you said something else, but it's melanin. You said I think melatonin. I, I think I said melatonin. Yeah. <laughs> I meant melanin. Yeah, I, know, I got you. I, I took melatonin last night to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> yes, Sam. I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we have gotten into a place where we got to tiptoe around everybody. It's not just this R word, but it's every word. You can't even call a person him now. It's crazy. Because my son decides that he's a woman and then i'm talking to you and you call my son a he which he was born a he and i get offended because you called him a he but that's what he is and so uh, as much as i would like to not offend everybody the woman in your scenario nate was not trying to offend anybody and she has a right to use the word that she used the other no, I, person was like, "Ooh, don't ever use that word. Why? This is this is my word. This is what? what? Come on now." Well, yeah, I mean, we have to uh, at some point, like you know, but somewhere between you know, not saying words that you know are offensive to people, and on the other hand, uh, being able, uh, you know, wanting to be respectful, somewhere in there has to be negotiated the room to speak. And you know, if Nate were dictator, by the way, um, one of my one of my decrees would be, look. Um, the whole sticks and stones things. I mean, like, this is our this is our country motto. Like people can say whatever words they want, and if it offends you, stop being around them. Go your own way, and let them be a jerk in your mind, and go meet people who don't say words you find offensive. Um, so then you'll have there you go. That that would be Nate's degree because we, we have to have the ability to speak, and you know we should want to temper that with respect and blah blah blah. Even though it's even even though we have the right to say whatever we want, you know I would go out of my way to you know. Like if, if like when Brenda shows up, like was here, I mean, sure, I have my own views, but Brenda wants to be called Brenda. I'll call Brenda Brenda. You want to be called potato? I'll call you potato. Like just not because I have to, but because I'll, I'll go out of my way a little bit to, you know, appeal to you and, you know, be respectful. Like it just seems like a good human thing to do um, while full well knowing I have the right to not do that. But it's like, well, am I trying to make friends or enemies? Like if I want to make enemies, I know exactly how to do that. If I want to be friendly and amiable with people, then. Let me take a stab at that. Um, Wait a minute. Yeah, let, me, so, uh, let, me, let me ask you something. And I'm trying to find a way to ask you without laughing. 
Okay. <laughs> if, if I if I said, Nate, when I show up, I want you to call me the N-word, you would be very uncomfortable with it because this is what I want you to call me. You would be very uncomfortable with doing yeah, so, it. So per, yeah, so I know, I know there are people who would love that challenge, and they would scream it from the rooftops and go on a viral video and then say, look, this is what all Christians think. They all Christians use the N-word. Um, so I know there are Christians who would, who would, and non, who would take that challenge. However, for myself, that would, you know, because it's my right, I can say whatever I want. Um, you know, that would violate my own conscience. And, um, you know, for me, that, that is not something I should be doing. So uh, much like, you know, if, um, if you really are like, Nate, please call me this. Otherwise, we're not going to be friends. Well, I'm sorry. I, I guess we just can't be friends. Hmm. And so that would be Nate. That would be Nate's line. Right. Yeah, yeah. Can I Nate? Yeah. Well, oh yeah. I've just, this is. I find this, this topic is interesting. Well, what if I? I'm curious if I began to identify as a perfect person, without flaw. Yeah, we um, can't be friends. Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> that would mean that no one can really correct me, right? Because that would be denying, right? They would have. Does that make sense? If I, yeah. if I just chose to identify as a flawless, perfect person, that for me to have friendships with people, they could never correct me or, or that they would just be disrespecting what my identity is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, on Facebook, I identify as an archmage billionaire. So, uh, you know, if people don't address me as that, then I guess they're, they're not, um, calling me what I desire to be called. Mages for the win. Well, what do you do when we had a room yesterday with Johnny Haas and He's kind of a Calvinist or Reformed, and he disagrees that you should be calling people what they want to be called because, though, in principle, it's not true um, to reality, essentially. So, uh, no, he offends, I just... so he definitely offends people. He, Brenda was one of them as well, like that. Like, he just kept yeah, no. calling him. The whole time and and you remember people used to do that to nadia too yeah yeah and i yeah i still and it's like well i mean i see his point i mean you know you want to you want to i i don't know call it as you see it um and by the way it doesn't mean everything you call you see it through you're, you're not seeing it through rose-colored glasses as well um so there's that but again it's like you know what's what's the goal is your goal to um just make people hate you like, especially in these rooms, right? It's like, is your goal to um, to present the gospel in, like, a, a decent way? Like, you know, the Bible says, look, if people are going to be offended, let it be because of the gospel. Like, let it be because they're offended because of Jesus and this God daring to, you know, be a sacrifice for our sins. Like, and how, you know, you don't have to bow down to institutions. You don't have to follow man. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You follow God. And if people are going to be offended, let that be the reason. Not because you're a jerk of a person. So I'm just thinking, like, what's your goal? If your goal is to, like, um, you know, I'm a hyper-Calvinist. I don't care. If God wants you saved, you'll be saved, blah, blah, blah. I can't resist. So let me just be do as much as I can to push you away from what I want you to subscribe to. Um, if that's your goal, that's a great way to achieve it. Exactly. Um, if your goal is to be like, well, well, look, here's Jesus. Believe this. And, you know, plenty of people got thrown in prison for just speaking that. So it's like if people are going to get offended, make sure that's the reason. Not because you suck as a human. Well, the yeah, mode exactly. of revelation, the mode of revelation doesn't determine whether someone's going to accept the truth or not. There's people that we've seen witness faithfully and nicely and given a gentle defense 
person in question never converted. We've seen like some of the most, uh, I'll say unsavory conversations, whereas the person in question did convert anyway, right? And sometimes humbling is necessary. Like you, some people just need to be humbled. They, they need a harsher response. Not saying you gotta get out of, uh, out of character, but some people don't need a, like a gentle, meek response. Like some Muslims on this app, I'm not gonna be as charitable to him or them as I would to like an atheist grandmother or something like that. Oh, I get it. I mean, I would say that's a different point than I was, I guess I was making like, I, I get the humbling thing uh, to a point, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I take your, I take your point, but I'd say it's a, it's a little different than where I was going. Like, you know, like you probably wouldn't like be a jerk to someone for no reason. Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure you would have a reason and I, you'd probably say jerk is not synonymous with humbling someone. Um, or maybe you would, maybe you just disagree, but I'd say, I think there's a little difference in what we're saying, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying as well. Like, you know, sometimes people like you can only be, uh, I, I don't know, like speaking the truth with boldness and conviction um, is one thing, but then just going out of your way to, I don't know, ad hominem or call people all kinds of like, you know, bad, bad names that are just going to cause fights and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I see a little bit of a difference in maybe what we're both saying. Uh, CEO, what do you have to say? I, I let me tell you. I, I, uh, I, I'm challenged with this in real time as one of my, one of my, uh, one of my church members has a son who is now calling themselves by a female name. And it's hard, man, to, uh, I don't want to offend my church member. While at the same time, you know, I, yeah, I want to win the person to Christ, but my sensibilities are challenged. I, it's hard for me to, to I, man, I, it's hard to do, Nate. I mean, because I've been knowing this person they hold, their whole life. And I can't call him or she or change his name that I've known him by to something else. While at the same time, I'm trying not to offend his mom because his mom calls him by this new name. It, it's crazy, man. Hey, well, what what does the Bible say about, uh, just on the transgender part, what does it, the Bible say about evil? It, it doesn't. It does not. So, and, and I have no dog in this fight. I call it as I see it. If it's like, hey, transgender people are evil, um, I'd, I'd say that, but it doesn't. So the closest you can get is, you know, if people bring up the Old Testament law for whatever reason, and th there's a few things, bear with me, um, I'll be brief. But if people bring up like the Old Testament, how it says, you know, women should not wear men's clothes and men shouldn't wear women's clothes, that and, and, uh, trying to appeal to someone, right? Not trying to just throw bombs, but if you're trying to appeal to transgender persons, then that's not an argument to use because they'd say, okay, well, I, I take what you say and I'm telling you, even though you say I'm a man and I shouldn't wear women's clothes, I'm telling you, I'm a woman wearing women's clothes. So if I wore man's clothes, like you say I should, that would be breaking that law because it's, it, again, trying to relate to the person. And then about homosexuality, like that would be another thing, which, you know, Christian education is not bad. So, you know, if you, if you want to talk about this, we should at least know a little bit about it. So uh, it, none of the homosexuality stuff inherently applies because if someone says they're a man or a woman, 
they can be that on a desert island. There doesn't have to be any other person. So like fornication, sexual immorality, like sex with other people, none of this matters on its face. Right. I mean, if they start doing that, well, then it would come into play. But if they're just like, no, I, I, everyone tells me I was born a woman, but I'm telling you, I identify as a man. I am a man. Um, no one can say anything about sexuality because that that's only one person. It takes two to tango. So I'd say right there, the Bible doesn't implicitly address transgenderism. Um, but then you you have to default to Romans 14, and then I'll shut up. Romans 14. Well, hang on. What, what, was I, I'm sorry. Michael, what's the thing you say? Can you say it right now? Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? Thank you. I couldn't do it justice. Um, anyways, I'm almost done. So Romans 14 clearly talks about, um, in addition to, I think Timothy talks about, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So that doesn't mean... The Bible says uh, the Bible doesn't speak to transgenderism. Therefore, you know, I'm going to change my gender. I'm going to change my sex. I'm going to have surgeries today. Um, the fear and trembling. So, you know, the secular way would be work out your salvation with serious erring on the side of caution. So the safest thing is to do nothing and call that your cross to bear. Um, but then Romans 14, you know, says anything you do, let it be done from faith. If anything you, you don't do from faith, um, that's sin because you're violating your own conscience. So it's not the act at that point of what gender or what surgery or what you're turning into or transitioning to or what you identify as. It's if you're violating your own conscience, if you're not sure that this is good, then don't do it. Because if you violate your conscience that the Holy Spirit is leading you to, that's sin. Um, so that is, in a nutshell, anything the Bible has to say about transgender issues, which is next to nothing, fall on Romans 14 and err on the side of caution. Uh, Sean? Yes. So, CEO, that, that might help well, you think about it a little bit. Oh, uh, let, let me say this. There's a difference between transvesticism, which is a man or a woman dressing in things pertaining to a man and a woman or a woman, than transgenderism. Hallelujah, which means, you know, you know, you, you think God made a mistake. <laughs> so you uh, no, uh, there's a third I, I've heard a lot of people say this, um, Nate. That's the reason I'm saying I'm quoting some of these people who have actually gone that route. Yeah, transgenderism yeah, is it, evil. It, it, I think it's unnatural, and that's why it's evil. Okay, uh, make your best biblical case for it. God, uh, or well, Paul argues from nature in Romans 1 that homosexuality is evil. He doesn't make these, you know, specific appeals to divine revelation in Romans 1. In order to justify it being evil, read it. So, well, hang on, wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, hang on. I, I just want to stick to the point. You said homosexuality. Well, the, what, the transgenderism. It, do, it doesn't. I'm not fair. I wasn't. I wasn't finished talking. Oh, I, I understand that. I hate to do the thing I just asked Sean not to do, but I wanted to clarify that point because we just talked about how homosexuality inherently doesn't have anything to do with transgenderism, but that's the first thing you said. That so wasn't you... my point. Okay, I didn't continue. Even get to fin okay. The point is this, right, that due to nature, transgenderism is evil, not due to an explicit statement in divine revelation. Okay, So the reason, right, let's, let's look at like the law given in, Le in Leviticus pertaining to men's dress code, for example. The underlying reason why God says it's an abomination is a moral reason related to the nature of men and women and their proper accidents and improper accidents. So the nature of what a man is, is going to be this immutable aspect or characteristic of the underlying nature of a thing. 
And so when transgenders try to like conform their outside to be what ontologically a woman is, it's obviously predicated on the false notion of what a woman is because they think a woman could just be summed up to like some external feature rather than something more natural. And it's an attempt to usurp the underlying nature that they already have. So that's why transgenderism is evil. It's contrary okay, to so I, I would. So I'll just, so I'll, uh, oh, hang on. Uh, so I'll just let that one away, I guess, if Mike wants to speak to it. Um, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Here you're speaking. I, I would, uh, your, your statements, um, and again, in the attempt to, in the um, interest of being as charitable as possible, your, the things you said demonstrate uh, a little bit of a lack of understanding. So I would, what I would suggest, uh, humbly, is to uh, seek out, uh, seek out some, some other information that, that comes from differing opinions. So don't seek, don't seek out the opinion of those who agree with you, seek out the opinion of those who disagree with you. Um, and, and I think you, you may come away with a, with a different under, a different understanding, a better understanding of, of what it is you, you kind of put forward there. So, can I get in here for a second? In one second. Um, as far as the God made a mistake thing, Sean, uh, yeah, those that say God made a mistake, then I, I would argue with them. I would argue with you against them. Uh, I said that wrong. We're on the same side. I agree. So people that are like, God made a mistake. <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would, yeah, I would disagree. Like God doesn't make mistakes, but right, exactly. that doesn't mean what, what I would also say though, if someone says they're you know transgender or whatever, that doesn't inherently mean they're saying God made a mistake. Like, you know, I'm a big believer on all this, like, you know, disgusting chemicals we've been putting in our food or water forever. Um, I mean, that could very well, like some BPA thing could have messed with like, you know, mommy forming a molecule in their brain uh, during development. Like, I, I don't see why that's so far-fetched to be a third completely uh, valid option. And, you know, besides that we're in a fallen sinful world, so take your pick. Like, it, it's not binary. Like, either God uh, is totally right and you are how you are, or you're calling God a, a mistake maker. Um, you know, there could be a plenty of other options, like, you know, messed up chemicals in the water during development, the fallen state of the sinful world, um, you know, all kinds of things. Like, you know, if, if, if people, by the way, we'll talk about God making special needs kids. Like, well, did God make a, make a mistake? Did God mean to make them that way? Well, what about, I don't know, something that happened during development, like something, you know, some external environmental factor or the fallen nature of our sinful world. Like, you know, it's not an either or. Uh, the CEO, you asked if you could get a word in. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Nate, I wanted to get your take on um, the various New Testament verses about kind of honoring the temple of your body. And so I wonder if where transgender kind of would be sinful is if like you start changing sexual organs, because to me that wouldn't seem like you're honoring the temple of your body. Uh, you know, the, I mean, I couldn't in good conscience pass judgment because I have no idea what's in their heart and mind. I will say, though, I mean, when we're talking about the transgender population, that's like 0.02% of our world. And when we're talking about the espousing Christian transgender population, that's like a 0.01% of the 0.02%. So a Christian transgender person is basically a unicorn. They, they're all but non-existent. There are some, but the, the, the populace of the world it is almost non-existent. So for the very, very, very few people who do say they are Christians and who do say they are transgender, um, these are the only, which one is enough? One, I mean, one is eternally important to that one person. 
but it's not a huge population we're talking about. So for them, I'd say, you know, honor God with your body. Well, if they truly, taking them at their word, I, I'm not going to say you're lying, I, none of that. It's between them and God. But taking them at their word, just like when atheists tell me they don't believe in God, we can talk about that, but taking them at their word that they really are being honest as they can be. Um, like, okay, you honestly feel like, you know, you you identify as this this gender, but you your body looks like this gender. You want to change it for, I, I mean, they could say, well, you know, I think via one of the other examples, you know, my mom smoked and drank, and that's why in this way my body doesn't match up. So I'm really honoring God by changing some stuff because it's like, well, one way or another, something's got to change. I have a woman's body and a man's body, a woman's mind, a woman's brain and a man's body. So on the outside, you other people are telling me I shouldn't, I should or should not change my body, uh, but inside my brain has changed. So, so basically from their standpoint, it's like their brain doesn't, or their inside or whatever they say, like we'll just say brain for this. Their, their brain doesn't state. match their body. Yeah. Right. So their brain doesn't match their body. So one way or another, it's not like they can do nothing. Something's going to change. Even they're going, either they're going to do nothing, which by the way is erring on the side of caution considering if they're crossed a bear, which I would probably say is the right way to go. Um, but anyway, so let's say, well, if I don't change my body, then I need to change my brain. Or if I, if I don't change my brain, I need to change my body. Otherwise, I'm a mixed match person. person. Jesus died for me. He's my savior. My mom smoked and drank. That's what I attribute this to. Um, so that, that's what I would say. And I would say it's between you and God. Um, doing nothing is the safest choice. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I think you might be me missing an alternative. So 3% um, of Gen Xers identify as LGBT, whereas 20% of Gen Z identifies as that. Do we think evolution shifted that much in two generations or are there societal things that are moving the needle? I think there's a lot of societal pressure yeah. We can chalk this up to a fallen world Why? Where, where there's a lot of people who consider themselves, you, you invoke the whole umbrella, let's just stay on the transgender thing, a lot of people who are being, are being groomed, I mean, frankly, into that, where, you know, if like a, a little boy uh, or a little girl likes playing with army guys, a little boy likes playing with Barbies for whatever reason, maybe they're going to be the next, uh, you know, Andy Warhol or artistic um, playwright. Um, and, you know, if, if they were left alone, to just develop naturally in 20 years. They're like, yeah, I played with, I, I'm a boy and I played with the girls as, as a, um, as a child because I really liked hair. And now I'm like the greatest hairstylist in the world. I'm like, you know, what's the thing? Like, whatever. I'm like one of the greatest hairstylists and I'm also a pastor at my church. And I, you know, I'm married to a wonderful wife with beautiful children. Um, like, no, I never thought I was a woman. I always knew I was a man. I just liked the hairstyles. So, I mean, left to their own devices, there would be much less people and we see like data's coming out every day, like, you know, which, which like internal emails are being leaked from which, which school or which librarian and books and the way they're directing kids. So it's like, now if they see a boy play with like girls with long hair, they're like, Oh, do you think you could be a girl? Maybe you're a little girl. Why don't you try putting your hair up in pigtails? See how that feels. Um, do you like this? Uh, so I, uh, yeah, CEO, I totally agree that there are, there are a lot more people identifying under that umbrella because they're being pushed in that direction by society because we're a messed up society. Um, than people who would just on their own be like, something's different. I can't explain this. I feel different. I think I may be a boy, even though I look like a girl. Th those people do exist, but not nearly to the level that society is pushing it. Uh, Xbox, you've been trying to speak for a while. Uh, then we'll come to you, Jack. Xbox. Oh, yeah, I was I was just going with your, whenever you were going about the communities and then the smaller communities within that. Even in the trans community, there's a, a smaller subset that have um, pseudo... Um, uh, hermaphrodism 
or genetic genetic mosaicism where they end up with kind of both parts and the, the parent chooses kind of deal um, okay. just after they're born. And that goes back to the, the thing you were saying about God making mistakes. Like those, those can't be mistakes, right? Like they, but are, are people mistakes? That's, those that's are just that, results. that would be those a form of genocide. We're not going to get the kingdom as it is in heaven at, here on earth if we keep talking about genocide. You're talking about trying to wipe people out. Wait, yeah, talking nobody's talking about Wait, nobody's talking, talking about, about genocide. Killing, nobody's yeah. talking about killing these You're, people. Yes, yes, because the people who are not I, also hermaphrodism. Just to this last point, before you, I'm trying to answer his point. He didn't even have. Okay, wait, hang on, hang on, guys. Let's, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. I don't stop. know why you're trying Let's to be reset. a contentious woman, bro. I beg okay, your pardon. On. Hang on, wait, wait, he's gone. So I'm trying to keep everyone on the same page. Xbox was speaking, and then Mari said something about genocide. Did Did you hear something I didn't? Because I'm I'm confused. But Xbox, to be fair, was still speaking. Uh, Xbox finished, then we'll go to Mari. Yeah, I was just trying to make the point that there there is a legitimate subset in there that could be completely confused and and shouldn't be ridiculed for that confusion or or how they actually end up turning up out as they get older but but uh, it's hard to separate that small group from the how it's blown up now into this giant group and then, Murray, what were you saying? Yes, Thank you. But, so, but I was, I think what, exactly where we're at now hang, is... Hang on, I'm gonna, the, hang on. After Murray speaks, I'm going to go to everyone that hasn't been speaking yet. So, Murray, I finish what you were saying, then I'm going to go to everyone else. Thanks, Nate. Good morning. Um, so, where we have this idea Xbox was talking about separating out, we're talking... Then that gets into, like, okay, drop trial. We got to check. We got to check to see if you got the parts that qualify you. I would I would think that most most people in this room would find that highly invasive and highly uh, uh, dis, <laughs> like just anti-American every which way. Um, the other part, though, is that when people have not been allowed to express who they are, they become suicidal. This is why we have such a high incidence of suicide amongst people who are who are, who are uh, not binary, who are. LGBT, whatever, okay? Uh, homelessness and suicide rates. People will kill themselves and or violence come upon them if we continue to advocate for them not belonging. You're trying to say, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that there's so many people who call themselves Christians saying that there are people here who don't belong. God has them. God made them. They're here. They are precious. And and I and I want to say that you should look inside your heart. Um, that I have a PTR of a book called Unclobber, of an evangel written by an evangelical pastor who had a disconnect between heart and mind, and went and after many years of pastoring in the traditional conservative air quotes um, way, and 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 realized the disconnect. That, that people uh, who are practicing homosexuals or whatever were not allowed to, to become members, were not allowed to volunteer. This is discriminatory. And, and, we're, and it's fine to discriminate. Like, no, we probably don't need to have 
somebody who is not operating out of their own conscience. I, I really second what Nate said there. Um, genocide. Then, so, it's, it's a form oh. of genocide to try to wipe people out or make them wipe themselves out for our convenience so that we can have a binary world. Thank you. I'm done speaking. Can, can I? Well, okay. we didn't, we didn't Wait, hang, hang on. No, no one speak. No one speak. No one speak. I, I said, don't make me a liar. I said I was going to go to the people that haven't been calling yet. Uh, Mari, the only thing I think I heard that I would push back on is, uh, you know, uh, I mean, membership, uh, again, super, super wide thing. Don't know this church, don't know this preacher. But it, very general speaking, you know, the Bible, you know, does make very clear certain things are sins. So like assuming this church um, or any church is trying to be a Bible following church. And, you know, for example, um, there's a, a, you know, the, the standard for mem being a member in a church is, you know, to adhere to, you know, whatever biblical principles or, you know, the best way they feel like following God or, uh, you know, following the Bible is. And there's like, well, here, I want to be a church member and I'm in a polyamorous relationship and I want to bring my three girlfriends with me. Um, then I would never say that person's not welcome in church. I mean, you know, unless they're like antagonistic or actually disruptive or, you know, doing something like that. But if they just want to like come to church, I, I would never tell that person not to come. I mean, that's, that's exactly the point of church um, is to get people like that and share the gospel with them. Uh, but I do, I would understand, again, not the specific thing, don't know. But in general, I would understand if someone like that who is doing something the Bible very calls, uh, clearly calls sin wants to be a member. And it's like, well, no, members are for people that, you know, will, will commit to following God, following the Bible, doing the best they can to live like Christ and follow his tenets. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not going to make a pledge to do that and you're like, no, I want to remain in this, what the Bible calls sexual immorality, then I'm sorry, you can totally keep coming to church. But, you know, we, we can't let you be a member uh, because, you know, that's our conscience before God and we would be sinning to, to allow that. That's the only thing I push back on. Um, again, don't know this certain scenario. I'm going to start going real quick to people that haven't been speaking. Jack, I know you've been speaking, so you go first. We're going to go to Jack and I think Joel and then uh, Kyoto. Yeah, you've been up here forever, Kyoto. Sorry. Uh, Jack, Joel, and then Kyoto. Uh, Jack. Uh, yeah, I think it's ex extraordinarily dangerous to say that speech is violence or that saying things is genocide. Uh, I mean, you really could say, you know, I work for the government and uh, as a federal government employee, if you make fun of or say derogatory things about, about government employees, which I've dedicated my life to being a federal government employee, then that is uh, genocide. You want to wipe us out and you should be, uh, you know, prosecuted for a thought crime or whatever. It's ridiculous. But, the, but, it, but one about the chemical stuff, about mistakes that, that we make, I mean, if, if a lot of pollution causes asthma, uh, we don't blame necessarily, uh, you know, asthma, children that have asthma, but uh, are we, at, at all. But I just posted a link to the Daily Mail from last Wednesday that said that um, the e EU officials uh, are saying that uh, the amount of gender bending chemicals in the food in their environment is 20,000, the safe limit is 20,000 times beyond the safe limit. Uh, so there, there, just like pollution causes asthma, there are things, and we know this is a fact, that are causing uh, in our foods and um, in, in fast food and other things that, that are pseudoestrogen chemicals. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's not evolution and it's not acceptance that is necessary. Those two things I don't think are causing this explosion. Like somebody said, between Gen X and Gen Z, uh, there, there's probably those two things plus uh, some sort of chemical uh, problem. Um, so I think I think in five years we'll see this as some sort of um, uh, toxic um, brew that got into the environment and now uh, has has us questioning our religion and our and our whether or not we should have free, free speech and 
and at each other's throats uh, when uh, for sure a component of this is just pure environment. Oh, sure. At some point, someone's totally going to find like a hidden email from Monsanto or something. Uh, Joel, oh, I'm, not, uh, you not were, uh, I'm not saying anything on purpose. I'm saying this. this I'm, I'm not accusing any conspiracy or anything. But this I was is, joking. Uh, Justin, uh, Monsanto, we love you. Genetically modified me food harder. I appreciate what you do. Uh, Joel. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it 100, but I'm going to be as respectful as I can. So um, I think that what needs to be talked about, yeah, chemicals can play, can play a role. I'm not here. I'm not here to touch on that. What I'm here to touch on is the fact that sin was sin ruins things. So, of course, a lot of people are even LGBTQIA. I know the focus is on the team, but in general, a lot of people are LGBT. LGBTQIA because of pedophilia, because they've been messed with. That is something that definitely needs to be accounted for when considering when considering this, this situation. So we're talking about the shift between generation, uh, my the millennial and the, the generation after that I'm a millennial, but when Obama got in office and in 2008, a lot of the policy changes, that's when we've really seen seen an explosion, but I, I think part of the reason we saw an explosion is because of the propaganda. Like, kids are growing up literally being groomed and thinking that thinking that it's okay, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so you don't know what things these children have been wrestling against by even seeing certain things, so just seeing certain things can, met, can bother you. Like, for example, watching porno can mess you up. So, children seeing these different things, and, and they, they grow up confused, like, hold up, is it's okay for a boy to be a girl and a girl to be a boy, and children go with wherever they feel it the most accept. A lot of children go where they wherever they feel the most accepted. So if mommy wanted wanted a girl and she and I'm a boy, so, she, so say my mom wanted a girl, but I'm a boy, and I recognize that my mom is treating my sisters a lot better, then it may be a propensity for me to be like, you know what? How about I act like a girl and conform myself to being a girl? So that I can be loved and accepted. So it's just when we when we lower the standard and when we uh, when everything is accepted, unfortunately, yeah, it may be good for the it may be good. And I put good in quotation mark, but it may be good for the person that wants to be accepted. But it's not good for the for the children that are observing these things. And now their conscience is confused um, when if if it wasn't mass acceptance, they wouldn't even see these things like. You can't tell me it's not an agenda when kids are being invited to drag shows, when they have little boys up there dancing in front of a bunch of grown men and people are cool with it. That's acceptance. And it's just like acceptance is being taught. And because it's being taught, this sin is being multiplied. So I, I appreciate your comments. Uh, Kyoto, the last person before we uh, reset. And Steph, Jesus wrote a dinosaur. Um, I just uh, wanted Kyoto. to, so before I ask my question, just a quick clarification question to you, Nate. Um, are you were you saying earlier that scripture doesn't explicitly teach that transgenderism is a, a sin or evil? Yes, it doesn't address transgenderism. Um, I, I hope you're here for everything because it was quite a lot I said. Um, I can say it again, but in inherently, there's nothing about a man who thinks they're a woman or a woman who thinks they're a man. You, c if you loosely try to apply the stuff about men wearing women's clothes, that doesn't work because that. Well, anyways, yeah, no, the Bible I believe does not inherently teach against anything about transgenderism it's untouched well you said the thing about men wearing women's clothes yes well, so, so yeah. for example like if you have a if you have a man that everyone thinks is a man 
And they're like, no, no, I'm really a woman. And you say, oh, well, the Bible says you can't wear women's clothes. They say, no, no, I, I am a woman. I totally identify, I feel like I am a woman. Therefore, I have to wear women's clothes. Because if you tell me just because you think I look like a man, I should wear men's clothes, then I'm violating that law because I'm telling you I am a woman. So if I wear men's clothes, I would be violating that law, for example. Oh, where do you get the idea that you can do that, though? From them. Again, this was this was trying to, like, see the way from their point of view, because so many times Christians like talk about the Levitical law. And it's like talking completely over their head, or like not over their head. It's talking. Well, completely. it's not just in the Levitical law. Well, Paul right, right. But, well, right, but that's what I'm saying. Like when we talk about stuff, like that's like if if I'm trying to ask, if I'm asking something about a completely irrelevant subject, and you keep quoting like John three sixteen, and I'm like, bro, I believe Jesus. I'm asking if there's free will or not, and you just keep saying, just believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. I'm like, dude. I already believe in Jesus. Stop saying that. I believe in Jesus. I'm asking about free will. So it's like we're talking completely past each other because from their vantage point, they're telling you they are uh, – if you think they're a man and they're they're telling you they are, like they're claiming, they're espousing. doesn't matter if you believe it or not. In their mind, they are claiming that they are the opposite sex, and, and that's why they, they need to wear you know the clothing that is appropriate for their sex. Um, that's what I'm saying. And then, like the other big mistake Christians do is go with the right, homosexuality stuff. And wouldn't if that just the, a, uh-huh. wouldn't that just assume that uh, gender is immutable property of the human nature? Well, I mean, either way, you can say like, "What do you want to change your body or your brain?" Because one of them, like again, if if you don't, if no one cares about understanding or having a conversation with these people then do what you want. But just because I, I don't know, I, I've talked to so many that's, I mean, I, you know, this is not near and dear to my heart other than I've just talked to so many transgender people um, that I, I get it the way they get it. So yeah. Okay. But, but you, do way, accept, saying, you do accept that uh, scripture teaches that uh, we should obey the, the gender customs of our day though. Right. right. But what, what, well, yeah, like the, the haughty and provocative dress. and Yeah, I get that. But whatever you try to apply to them, they'll say, if you think this person is a man and they claim they're a woman, they'll say, okay, I am following the gender customs because, look, I'm, I'm a modest woman. I wear a modest long skirt dress and, you know, I don't wear too much gold jewelry or makeup. I'm not drawing attention to myself. I am a modest woman. So I'm following the gender customs. And you say, no, you're a man. And then you'll just argue back and forth. They'll say yeah, they're a woman following the modern like customs. But that's just Napoleon, that's presupp- that's presupposing. And you said no, you're not. I mean, you're telling the truth. No, you're actually not Napoleon. I know you have a disease. You think you're Napoleon, you know, and you're in an insane asylum. But why isn't it the same thing? It's like you you think you are a woman, but you have a penis. Well, so what I you just said. Participate so, so, in the lie. Well, it's what you made your point earlier. The point I've been making that there's a third option. God doesn't make mistakes, and you know maybe you. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's some like weird chemicals during in utero that cause your development to be this way. So maybe just because you say, oh, you have a penis, you're a man. Um, I mean, sounds like a legitimate point. But if something like I'm just not ruling out all the stuff we don't know. So it just it just feels like a point of arrogance or hubris to be like, OK, you have a penis. Therefore, you are totally a man. Make your brain fall in line. That could totally be the case for plenty of people. But it can't be. the. I'm not saying it's the case for everyone would have to be god to know that like it could i'm very well taking them at their word like yeah you could have some funky chemicals maybe your mom smoke and drink and eat plastic as a kid i don't know so 
it, it just seems like too many Christians are, are taking, yeah, it's obvious, but it doesn't make it right. While I'm saying, well, look, at the expense of you putting yourself in God's shoes and claiming that you are totally right in every instance, I'm willing to say, yeah, there could be some messed up chemicals in the fallen state of the nature, blah, blah, blah. So they would say, well, just because I have a penis, make my brain think that. And since my brain doesn't think that, I've got to change something. Do I get a lobotomy? Like you may say yes, but because it's not as easily noticeable on the outside. But either way, some serious changes are going to happen from their. So standpoint. where do you where do you get this idea though that gender is mutable from scripture? Uh, refresh my memory. I do bad with words. Mutable means not changing, or immutable means not changing. Mutable means can change. Right. Yeah. Okay. So where do I get the idea that gender can change from scripture? Yeah. I don't. Okay. So if somebody is born a particular gender, then they, so, sorry, so you agree it's immutable, it's an immutable property. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm saying the Bible doesn't address the subject. So when the Bible is silent, it usually behooves us to also be silent. But I mean, in this world, we, we kind of have to talk about it. So no, the Bible doesn't say you can or cannot change your gender. I mean, it says, you know, they were, they were male and female, but then it doesn't, doesn't address the question. Like, you know, is everyone, um, Sure, they're born male and female. Now everyone's going to argue, well, were you, were you born male or female? You look like you were born male. And they're saying, no, no, I'm, I'm not changing my gender, but my, my body has a penis, but you know, I identify as a woman. I've always been a woman. So yeah. they'll, say, they'll agree with you and say my gender doesn't change. Yeah, that's exactly why I brought up the pseudo-hermaphroditism and um, genetic mosaicism because those are, are two um, immutable or are mutable. No, no, no. Immutable. <laughs> Got me confused now. Because those are two immutable things. And you're saying God's making a mistake if you if you don't agree with them being pretty much both genders at, at birth, or both sexes at birth. Yeah, and then Walter, well, Walter had, uh, we'll come right to you, and then Steph, because she also hasn't spoke yet. But Walter had something to say. Yeah, just the, just the question, like, because people seem to not want to be in the body that they're in, by accepting it right off the bat, does that stop doctors and people looking at it uh, from the beginning of birth? Meaning that if, let's say, a child, they see that there's a, oh, this child is getting, uh, uh, is going to be trapped in a body doesn't want to be in. Should we change that to a why? And so like that, the person is in the body that they're born to. Like, are we stopping that from happening also? Do you understand where I'm going here? I do, but I have no idea on that. Um, See, because if we're playing, if we're playing with chromosomes and all that, and one day we realize, look, this this child could be an XXY or an XY, uh, the body that's that, do we start to direct where the child's going to go? Because by just accepting it as outright after you know you're 15 years old or 13 or 12, maybe we could get it sooner that the person could be in the body they want right from the beginning. Well, yeah, in the well, case yeah, there's, of the uh, <clears throat> they do have to choose. The parents have to choose. Well, yeah, and I mean, and without that case, though, like, they, I mean, they may be able to do that, but still, that doesn't guarantee that the kid's not going to have, through any other reason, some chemicals or just because they change their mind or societal pressure, that they could give them the new body they think they want, but then turns out they don't. So I don't know how you would ever, like, completely resolve that. Because people are still independent, and they're always going to have their own faculties. Um, and, and then, as far as the Christian point, uh, kind of, kind of Kyoto. As far as the Christian point, um, 
the time to have that, I believe the time to have that, the gender transgender conversation uh, is if someone is a Christian, because if they're not, you know, like Paul says, what business do we have judging people in this world? Yeah, like, and he says, when I said, don't even associate with people like that, I didn't mean the people in this world. You'd have to leave the planet. I'm talking about a brother or sister in Christ. So like this, this largely is taking up so much, the conversation takes up so much oxygen about religion, you know, anti-baba bigots and homophobes or transphobes and all this other stuff. When it's like the proper time for a Christian to have this conversation with any transgender person, besides just, you know, like we're doing now for talk, but earnestly, like salvation wise would be if they are a professing Christian or if they want to be. Um, because if they're not a Christian, knock yourself out, do what you want. Like being a transgender, no matter if it's right or wrong, that is not the thing keeping you from God. It's also that lie you told when you were three. It's also, you know, that candy bar you stole. It's also like there's like a billion things keeping everyone from Christ. So it's only recognizing Christ as the Lord and Savior to forgive and give you eternal life that, you know, gets rid of all these sins, whether or not someone thinks transgenderism somehow is a sin or is not, just blank slate, all of it, um, every single thing you've ever done wrong. Like, even if you're like, great, transgenderism is a sin, I can do what I want. Okay, well, if you're not in Christ, then you're out of Christ for any number of uncountable things we've all done in our lives. So, uh, you know, for, for the very rare time that someone is a Christian and is transgender, that's when to have that conversation. Um, but yeah, it's like, well, look, being transgender is not your issue. Uh, not accepting God or rejecting Jesus Christ is your issue. So if you ever come around to the God of the Bible, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about all these other things the Bible says sins. Let's talk about all this other stuff and your walk to Christ and discipleship. But, um, you know, if you reject God, that's your problem. So, um, you know, you've got a lot of other stuff to deal with uh, before you get to is being transgender an issue. Um, someone, it, it, uh, in, how do you say your name? Ian Sinius? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what's up? I wanted to talk about Xbox F's thing where he talks about hermaphrodites. And that got brought up a while ago, but it's hermaphrodites. Pseudo hermaphrodism, hermaphrodites. It's not uh, the same thing. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me, to be honest. Because both are examples of this thing that we call improper accidents. So people have this idea that our physical qualities or what we have physically defines what we are like ontologically, and we're not, Christians shouldn't believe that, and I certainly don't believe that, that's a really weird view, we're not a human because we have an arm or a leg, we're a human for some other reason, uh, namely what Genesis 3, say, or Genesis 2 says, we're made in the image of God, so the reason why hermaphrodites are still either male or female, even though they have these, you know, up, extra appendages or something like that, is because what found what founds gender is in human nature, not in our physical appendages or in our improper accidents. Um, so I think that it's kind of this biological essentialism that, oh, whatever you know, gametes you have or whatever sex organs you have determines what you are, male or female. And that's not really true. It just tends to be the case that if you have these things, you're male or female. But there's something more basic and fundamental than that. So that I just want to speak on that. Yeah, and then yeah, people would I clarify agree. also between like gender versus sex and exactly. I, I yeah. it's kind of a rat's nest. But Steph, you're the only one who has yet to speak. Welcome. How do you identify today? Uh, well, the thing is how I identify today is not really important because that's not truth, is it? So irrelevant. Irrelevant question. No, you uh you 
said everything I was going to say, Nate. Well done. I mean, unless you identify as the truth, and then truth is truth is truth. Yeah, <laughs> not me, though. Can I, uh, <laughs> can I say something briefly There's about a... the, the essential nature? That, that is, that is uh, I think we're, you know, the Gnostics were quite a uh, force early uh, in Christianity, and some have said that this is a new Gnosticism arising where you have the the unboundness of uh, of your soul. It's kind of it seems like a, a like a not a Christian worldview to have all this I'm in the wrong body sort of stuff. But it it is kind of saying that there's a soul that is not bound. This is taking a long time coming to not bound to your family, to your nation. So you get some globalism stuff going on, the Kantian global citizen. You're not you're not bound to your gender, your body, and increasingly not bound to your human flesh. And so that's where you see a lot of the underpinning of uh, transhumanism. So I, I see the, a, a thread between all this stuff, between transgenderism and ultimately transhumanism. But um, the Christianity was not really Gnostic. That, that's why Christ rose bodily. Um, so there is a lot, there is, uh, the material world is not, uh, necessarily evil at all. And, and a lot of Gnostics, you know, they, there were some groups that hated the idea of having children. They would lash themselves. All flesh was evil. The world is evil. Um, and uh, a lot of the, the underpinning philosophy of globalism um, is like we are basically aliens on this planet. We need to bring in the new utopia. But um, I, I see a, like, a, I mean, it's, it is kind of elegant and simple uh, philosophy that kind of underpins a lot of this stuff. But as Christians, um, you know, we we don't have that view. As, as, Christ didn't arise, you know, rise spiritually only. He rose bodily. So there is, you know, we're not Gnostics, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Nate, do you think that species is mutable? Uh, let me put my evolution hat on. So do I think species can change into other species? No, I mean, like, can one person change their species? Like, is there is there a particular instance Well, animals of... do, right? No. Aren't there animals? Yeah, uh, I, Kyoto, I, would say, I would say no. I, I can't be a butterfly. Well, where, okay. does the, where does the Bible say that? Hang on, that, that could, before that gets into another conversation that I don't have time for, I'm, I'm going to say no, I can't turn myself into a butterfly. Well, the, the whole point is, like, I think scripture sort of assumes sort of these improv or these immutable properties of the human nature, right? So I think it like to, to ask, oh, there needs to be a scripture that says that it's an immutable property is sort of ridiculous. Well, so keep in mind the focus of this. First of all, the question to, before we move the goalposts, which I'm fine doing, but it was, what does the Bible say about nothing on the subject so that that was the focus of the question and then it goes to what you just asked can you change your species uh let me know if this is hot i'm shaking my lunch um but it was like let me uh, you know can you change your species which is moving the goalpost away from can you change your gender or sex so that's that's like apples and oranges no you can't change your species um but again no dog in this fight just trying to be accurate the transgender person would say they're not changing their sex and they're not changing their gender. They're just, you know, making some cosmetic things to make them match who they are always and who they have always been. 
Could I? So th- I mean, that's the I answer. Say, that's the answer you'll. Yeah, that's the answer you'll get. Could I say I'm not changing my species? I've always been a butterfly. Therefore, I'm not in the image of God, and God shouldn't judge me and send me to hell. You could say that, but then, well, goodness, you've just invoked another thing. Now it's a salvation thing. But you could, I mean, you could say whatever you want. But note that we are talking about a completely different category when we talk about a species versus a, a sex difference of the same species. Well, so, what is the symmetry breaker? Well, a homo sapien, think- male, male and female homo sapien, right? That's where we are. But then saying, okay, well, now can you go from, the question is, can you go from male to female homo sapien? Um, which, by the way, is kind of faulty because they'll say, no, I've always been this. I'm just matching my outside with my inside. So I'm not changing male to female. I've always been the thing I am now. So that's the first thing. But then to extend that, the difference is going from male to female of one species to going to a different species altogether. That's the break. Well, uh, but the first premise was flawed. Well, I think Kevin is de- he's using like a different he's using a different definition of species where male and female still count as a species because they're a subgenus of human. Right, male and female humans. So he's using the term differently, but even so, the principle still applies. Like, what makes you think that, um, well, for one, I guess, like, the question that we should ask a transgender person is what is the defining character that makes you a woman or a man? And if it's, if the basis of their decision is just based on what they feel, and not, like, that's not a good metric to determine what a man or a woman is. And so the assertion that I feel that I'm a woman, I must be a woman, isn't justified. Oh, it usually has to do with feminine or masculine qualia. And they're going to, they're always going to agree with you that if they were a male and wanted to, uh, or they, they have the mental state of a female, they're always going to concede that they're still a male sex. <clears throat> yeah, and keep in mind, I'm not like I'm not justifying any of this. I'm just presenting this because, like, I guess, am I the only one that's talked to so darn many transgender people? Like, I, I just know the way, you know, I'm not speaking for every transgender person in the world, but of all the ones I spoke with, this is like a u- unanimous consensus of my pool of transgender conversations. I'm just presenting their viewpoint. So, uh, anyway... Um, Theo, do you want to say something real quick? You haven't spoke, and then the other person, and then I, I guess we'll have to talk to Juice Snatcher later, uh, whatever that was. But uh, yeah, Theo, go ahead. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's good to see you, uh, Nate, Steph, uh, you know, everybody, and Tyler as well. Um, so I think earlier you were saying that the Bible doesn't speak about uh, transgenderism. But I don't believe that's the case. Right? So if you look at Deuteronomy 22.5, it says, A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination right, to the Lord your God. Um, so, you just you know, want like, to distinguish so this between like, cross-dressing and transgenders. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of finish my case. Um, so like the reason why this is bad, it's not just bad because uh, there's like, you're putting different fabrics on your body, but it's bad because of your intention. It's the, the intention is that, Hey, like, you know, God made me a man, but God didn't know what he was doing. So I know better than God. So now I'm going to go and like, uh, try to uh, adopt traits and characteristics of like, um, you know, like, like a woman or whatnot. 
So that's that's saying like God's will for you or will for me and plan and purpose is an- inadequate and your will, plan and purpose uh, is superior. And then if we also go to First uh, Corinthians 6, 9, um, it says, or do you not know that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor the homosexuals. Right. So when it talks about the effeminate, the effeminate are guys who desire uh, to be females. Right. Instead of saying like, hey, God made me a man. You know, I have like a God-given like purpose and design. I'm here to like lead, protect, you know, provide, uh, you know, be, be like a spiritual leader as well embrace who God made them and ordained for them to be. Instead of that, they say, "Not let not your will be done, God. Let my will be done. You know, I have these desires. I will uh, put my desires first. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of one thing. And then the other thing, I think you were saying that we should limit our scope of kind of like witnessing or calling out sin uh, simply to Christians. So if like you see like a Christian uh, like being a transgender or uh, cross-dressing, okay, we can call that out. But if it's someone who is not uh, a Christian, then we should uh, remain mute on that. Um, I, I don't think that follows because if we apply that principle universally, then any sort of sin that people do outside of Christianity, outside of the church, we, we just simply shouldn't call out. We should just be like, well, you know, they're, they're not Christian. Uh, you know, we should just kind of let them do whatever they want to do is, is no, you, like, you know, if you, if you care about somebody, like you're going to tell them the truth and you're going to, uh, try and point them in the right direction. Or you're going to be like, Hey, like that direction is a cliff. The, the way you're going leads to death and hellfire, right? Repent, turn to God, you know, accept that he pays for your sins. Like know that he loves you, know that his will is better for you than your own will for yourself. Um, that that which you're embracing is like destruction uh, and darkness and, you know, point them towards God, right? Because God is love and he who does not love does not know God. So, you know, transgenderism is self-harm, right? It's a denial of self. Uh, it's a denial of like God's will for your life. Um, and, you know, like we, they, we, we should try and help these people or we should try and help them and like always point them like to God and to Christ. Yeah, so Theo, I, I appreciate your comment. I would say first, uh, the witnessing thing you did, that was great and I agree with it. Um, I, I wasn't, by the way, exactly saying never talk to, about anyone's sin, uh, just um, whatever. Um, I do mean that to agree, uh, a degree, but your witnessing thing right there where you just said we should call out sin and we should do this, but then you, you kind of separate and went on your little like witnessing kick I actually agree with that. But in your witnessing thing, you said, you know, this is destructive. This is harmful. Whatever this is, maybe it's heroin needles, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's whatever thing. But you just kind of like overviewed this sin. You didn't harp on it. You just said the life you're living is destructive. Whatever you're doing is destructive. There's a better way. There's God. There's forgiveness. There's Jesus. That was great. Uh, But what you didn't do in there was, you know, call out like a whole bunch of specific sins. You just hit them with the gospel. Um, That's that's kind of what I was getting at. But then case in point, I guess you were late to the conversation. This will be the, I don't know, 18th time I've said this, probably on the third or fourth. Um, if you want to to give the gospel to someone, it, it's like, you know, if, if if you try to lead with the Deuteronomy thing, you're going to, it's not going to be well received. And I don't know why I'm like the poster child for all things trans today, 
But the way they view that, we, we've already talked about multiple times. It, if you say, well, look, you're a man, you shouldn't be wearing women's clothes. They're going to say, no, no, I am a woman and I'm wearing women's clothes, which is the right thing to do. If I wore man's clothes, that would be violating because I'm a woman. And you're like, no, you're a man. They're like, no, I'm a woman. They're like, no, I'm a man. So the way they present it, that you can't use that Deuteronomy law on them because you're saying, look, men shall not wear women's clothes. And they're like, oh, well, tell that to someone who, who is a man because I'm telling you I am a woman wearing women's clothes. Um, and then about the effeminate and stuff like that, that's a little bit of a leap to say effeminate men want to be women. Um, effeminate men means effeminate men. It means men who are effeminate, not necessarily that they want to be uh, that they want to be women. And even if they did, then how does that go for you know women who want to be men? Uh, you know, like the trans man. Um, so I'd say that's what I mean. Like you know, I, I mean the Bible doesn't escape me. Like I've read it, and we've talked about this a lot. Um, and yeah, I'm also not saying. The, I think you said the God made mistakes thing. Um, it's also not inherently meaning God makes mistakes. Like, you know, we talked about any other multitude of reasons, like people could feel a certain way or think they're in the wrong body. Like, you know, mommy was a drunk or, you know, ate weird chemicals or I'm just saying, like, I guess I do have a dog in this fight. And my dog in this fight is because I've had a lot of these conversations. I would just want Christians to be knowledgeable, just like drug use, right? Like if they talk about how marijuana is the gateway, you know, doorway to Satan and demons are going to come invade your mind. Um, you know, I'm, maybe it has happened for someone, but typically you, th you would think of like harder drugs, uh, being, being like, you know, acid trips or ayahuasca or something like that would be like the spiritual, the, the time to bring up that card, right? Like usually most people, because I mean, you know, marijuana is traditionally understood to be pretty mild, um, except the stuff we have now that's like chemically altered. But, you know, if you come talk to someone who's just smoking a little, marijuana every now and then telling them that demons are going to invade their mind, you're just going to, you're going to be ineffective because like, no, but if you talk to someone that's, you know, rode the dragon a while and they're like, you know what, what you say makes sense. I get it. So it's like, if you talk to a transgender person, um, it would behoove Christians to be knowledgeable and at least approach it the best biblical way we can. Um, that's, I guess that's all I'm, all I'm trying to say. So like the stuff, and again, I'm not saying you're, you're wrong, but I'm just saying like the way they understand it the way they present it. These scriptures don't apply to them. It's like just in a big non-applicable. Um, and even if you see it that way, it's the way they see it that makes it non-applicable. So, you know, meet people where they are, I guess, would be what I'm saying. But I do have to run. Uh, but thanks, Vio. I appreciate your point. Uh, Steph, did you have – say something uh, knowledgeable and profound. Since, since I had to invoke the Jesus dinosaur thing to get you up on the stage. <laughs> oh, wow. No pressure. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I came up during the, the mental health part of the conversation, so that is long past. We've moved on to salvation, which is a much more important issue. So everyone, uh, that's, that's the important part. Keep your eyes on the gospel, right? I think that's the takeaway. That is the takeaway. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Well, that was a, wow, that was a crazy discussion. Um, thanks for being here, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks a lot. See you all later. Take care. Bye, guys. Have a good day.